Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Neil Young threatens an ultimatum. Tells Spotify either me or Joe Rogan, and he stood firm. Good for him. And Spotify said, uh, uh, "Dude, Joe Rogan." And he went, "Oh." And then they remove. They're, they're going to remove all of his music. So congratulations, Neil. You uh, you have lost this one. But hey, I got to be honest. At least he's standing by his threats. So uh, there you go. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank 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 goodness that he's 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 standing up uh, uh, for what he believed in. Uh, you know what? I got to be honest. More power to him. If he wants to uh, if he wants to make a threat, and he stood by it. All right. There's actually really big news. In fact, it's uh. Is something wrong? Something's wrong with the audio, isn't it? Something Let's wrong find out. Maybe there's something wrong with the audio. Either way, I'll just keep talking. Um, Supreme Court Justice Breyer is going to retire. In my opinion, this sends a, a huge, a, a very powerful signal. Democrats expect to lose in November. I think all the polling shows this. And, and Breyer is likely retiring now so that they can nominate someone and get them through before the Democrats lose the House and the Senate. And that's the interesting thing, losing the Senate too, because we expect them to lose the House. We've got a 29th Democrat retiring. Very, very interesting stuff. So we'll get into that. And we're being joined by Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch. Hey. And you can talk a, a lot about this, a lot of the lawsuits you have, one of which is California requires you to have a woman on the board or something like that. Yeah, if you're a public company, you have to have a uh, corporate uh, there's a new rule that you have to have a certain number of women on the board. Mm-hmm. And what that means, the mirror of that is that if you're a man, you can't apply for certain board positions mm-hmm. or be considered for certain board positions of public companies in California. It's outrageously illegal. It's kind of critical theory, feminist style. Mm-hmm. So we sued on behalf of taxpayers in California. California has a liberal taxpayer standing um, uh, law that allows taxpayers to challenge illegal activity by government officials. Oh, interesting. So, you know, we've been in a now six-week trial as the government has come in and tried to make the case that not only are they remedying discrimination without having any evidence of discrimination, but also that uh, making making sure that there's sex discrimination in corporate boards uh, actually helps companies. So it's a big deal. It's critical critical theory, the feminist version of it, on trial – and the left is very concerned about it because they have a new uh, a new law that followed up on that where they expanded the required quotas uh, to your other protected classes, uh, uh, minorities, uh, sexual orientation, and things like that. So there's a whole quota system they've in pla- they put in place to uh, uh, make sure that boards are following what they want to follow in terms of upending uh, really – Decades of anti-discrimination law. So you 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 guys do uh, a, a lot of lawsuits. Yeah. Do you want to just give give a brief introduction as to uh, who you are and what you do? Well, Judicial Watch is I run Judicial Watch. I'm president of Judicial Watch, and we are a um, nonprofit educational foundation, and we sue the government mostly to get access to information, but we represent people whose uh, rights have been violated. We help whistleblowers. And in the case like in California where we sue government officials or government agencies when they're breaking the law. And uh, 
when it comes to uncovering government corruption in here in D.C., uh, we're second to none. We've done more than Congress and the media and such. So uh, it's really incredible work. And I say that not because I'm president of Judicial Watch. I just I just see everything we're doing. It's just incredible. Right on, man. Well, we've got uh, a lot to talk about, so thanks for joining us. we got Seamus tonight. No, Luke. Yeah, no, Shimcast is on tonight. So Luke went on down to uh, Florida. We miss him. We love him, but I'm going to be filling in for him for a little while until he's back, and it's, it's great to be here. And it's also great to get a chance to meet you, and I think yeah, the work you're you. doing is fantastic. Thank you. I love your background. We got an audio problem. Thank you. Yeah, I think Tim might be kind of quiet. No, my Um, mic is completely off. Okay, so we hear Tim's room tone. Um, Hopefully, you know, just keep the comments coming and let us know who sounds super chat to let us. Oh, hey, 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 there we go. There we go. Tim's back. Yeah. Now. Sorry about that. So we will be bouncing. I thought I was doing something wrong, getting all the signals from right. Everyone, there's like people in the background. So no one can see this because we're really good at it, but. When like the camera's on Seamus, I'm waving my arm. Over your arm. Like, I'm my microphone is on. Oh, it's true. I'm like, all right, just keep listening. Is my keep microphone listening. on now. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you sound good. Oh, was, uh, now I can hear you. Yeah, I, I was like, what's awesome. happening? I, I I couldn't hear anything. That was weird, yeah. And I'm like, are my headphones off? Like, what's going no, on? Yeah, we'll you know, we'll we have the soundboard. We got to upgrade. To be completely honest. Oh, nice. Yeah, because when like people notice this, we 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 started the show one time and it was like static. Yeah. And it was really weird because that should that that makes no sense why that would happen, but. These things happen. Welcome to uh, Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Ian, did you introduce yourself already? No, not yet. I'm Ian Crossland. Uh, you can follow me at iancrossland.net if you want to follow my social media networks. And um, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Hello, Tom. Yeah. Hi, Seamus. And I'm also here in the corner trying to fix these sound problems. I don't know what's going on over here. I turned Tim's mic all the way off to get to try to work a little bit brighter. So hopefully you guys will let me know if anything more is going on, and I will keep an eye on it. Yeah, I think Thanks your mic is off as well. Is yeah, okay? I'm, I'm not hearing you. Yeah, yeah did someone come in How's and turn that? all the mics off? No, now I hear you. Nothing. Is that better? That's sneaky leprechaun. Yes. Yeah, now you, Wait, now, why is now it the leprechauns? Why is it the leprechauns? It's a little messed up. <laughs> nothing to yeah. do with you, Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Ian immediately comes in with the anti Irish racism. Yeah, I know, yeah right? it's actually I'm really Irish. This is just like the Chicago Fire. Blame the Irish. Oh, it's the O'Leary's cow. Fantastic. Kicked over a lantern. German and Irish. Wait, I thought they blamed the cow. They blamed Miss O'Leary's cow. They had to pick an Irish woman. Like, the whole city burns down, and they're like, you know, it was probably an Irish lady's cow. Yeah, no doubt. I was like, come on. We know I, what they were doing. We were just skateboarding. Sure. Yeah. All right, everybody. Let's get back on track. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. Help support our work. As a member, you will get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. And uh, that we call the we, we call it the uncensored segment because we swear a lot. I mean, I that, that, that's basically what we do is like we're like it's uncensored and people think they're getting like secret information. Stuff, and it's actually just us cussing the whole time. But uh, no, we do talk about there's some subjects that are obviously, you know, a little too spicy for, for YouTube. They would ban us. So we do try to have those conversations on the website. And as a member, as you're just helping support all of our journalists. And don't forget to like this video, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And let's jump into the first story, you know. Oh, yes. we talk. We talked about we we talk about Joe Rogan too much. Mm. We we certainly do, and I've acknowledged that before. And I guess the issue is, you know, we are sitting down and we're looking at all the news today. We got the story: Spotify to take down Neil Young's music after his Joe Rogan ultimatum. And I'm sitting here, and you know, and I look over at our, our good friend Tom, and I'm like, what's more important, Stephen Breyer, a Supreme Court justice, retiring, or Neil Young losing his battle with Spotify to get Joe Rogan banned? And I, I, I don't know, because I feel like the Supreme Court is more important, but you made a really great point. You said the, the Great Suppression is, is the biggest story or something to that effect. Yeah, well, that's what we're in, the midst of, the Great Suppression. We have massive censorship uh, or an effort for censorship targeting opposition to whatever you want to call it, the 
big state, uh, deep state, uh, the communists, whoever you want to call it. And the communists are willing to use multimillionaires like uh, Neil Young to suppress other successful people. Like, yeah. but he lost. Yeah, he lost. And, you know, but it's but well, Rogan I, I, isn't the only one being targeted. It's his listeners being targeted. Yeah. So exactly. when you take away a leading voice that people look up to. And communicate and use as a basis for further communications. That's suppression of all of Rogan's audience. So whenever we're suppressed, all of our followers are suppressed and harmed as well. Mm-hmm. It's the great Amen. suppression. And it's not private. It's government. It's private. And, uh, and it's corporate. So we, we have a quote here. I guess this is from, uh, uh, this is from Spotify. They say, Mr. Young's record label Warner Music. Uh, Warner uh, Group Corpse Warner Records formally requested Spotify remove his music Wednesday, which would take several hours to take effect across Spotify services across the world. Quote, we want all the world's music and audio content to be available to Spotify users. With that comes great responsibility in balancing both safety for listeners and freedom for creators. Spotify spokesman said Wednesday, we regret Neil's decision to remove his music from Spotify, but hope to welcome him back soon. Now, the way the left is portraying this is Neil Young stood for uh, on his principles and said, I do not want to share a platform with that man. And so they took his music down. Mm-hmm. I see it as a big loss because what his intent, what he was trying to do was he was like, I'm Neil Young. Yep. You better ban Joe Rogan or I'm out. And they were like, dude, Joe Rogan gets hundreds of millions yes. of, of, of downloads per month and you get six. Yeah. You don't have any new music that's like breaking the charts, dude. Yeah. You're not no. Nicki Minaj. Well, that's the thing. It's that really embarrassing, outdated rock star ego. Like this isn't a convention center where you can request you only have green M&Ms in the bowl or you, or you throw a fit. Like Joe Rogan gets way more views and downloads than him. And I don't know why Neil Young thought himself in a position to determine what we should be able to listen to. But I think it's kind of hilarious that Spotify gave him the old, okay, boomer, get off our platform. We <laughs> don't he, care. Is, we don't need you. Is he a boomer though? He's 76. Oh my gosh. She's older than one. Well, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for misgenerationing uh, well, well, Neil are, are, Young, is, but I'm is, telling you, I'm glad. I'm glad his ageism. music's off the no, platform because I think like, it's great. But is that Boomer or is, is that like Silent? Like, uh, it's like 1944. He's is boomer. that 44? He's, he's a Boomer. Yeah. 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 Like okay. Right so before. I was right, Tim. Boomers was is like right. 44, right? 1944 is when they began, and it was silent up until then. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Generation X. Yeah, I'm a tail of boom, Generation And X. Boomer is ahead of that. Well, point is, I think it's a fantastic victory. The fact that this oh, yeah. old school celebrity who thinks he's a lot cooler and more relevant than he is tried to throw his weight around and got taken down is uh, kind of incredible. But... He's the oldest you can be to be a boomer. Wow. I just Googled it. It says 76, 68 to 76. And then technically it says you could also be 58 to, 70, to 67. There's like two boomer generations, I guess. Okay, so he's the no, world's no, oldest No, 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 no. That's silent generation. The world's oldest boomer just, yeah. got, booted That's, off of yeah, just got booted off Spotify. I'm about it, Ian. Good. I, you know, I think of Neil Young. He's always struck me as an angry dude. When I was a kid, I used to look at his face and be like, why is he so Silent mad? generation. I was right. Seamus was wrong. Well, you were the silent generation when the mic wasn't working earlier. He sure so really. Oh. <laughs> big, big, big talk. Seamus. Yeah. So, um, but this is, this is, uh, uh, I mean, this is a big story. It's, it's, 
what I got out of this, and I mentioned this the other day, is Neil Young, this protest guy. I thought he was supposed to be protesting free speech, right? Exactly. Well, he's yeah. anti-war is his big thing. I don't think he's a free speech guy. No, the anti-war movement was the free speech movement. He was part yeah. of that, yeah. And now they're like, oh, speech is bad. Well, you how know, many he, war he, hawks his Neil Young tried to protest being on the same platform as? <laughs> He 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 point. did the story attacking MTV. He did the song attacking MTV for taking commercials or you know mm-hmm. being too corporate, and he complained that the MTV wouldn't play his song. So the irony of him trying to suppress another you know artist mm-hmm. or sp- uh, another uh, another uh, person who has a right a God given right to share his views. And, you know, this is a battle, you know, it's embarrassing, I think, for the left here, but they don't, they're never embarrassed. They don't stop because normal people would be embarrassed. They're not, they don't follow those rules. They, they had the scientists who weren't scientists try to pressure to take him off. Yeah. They were hoping to get a, a, a ball rolling with, with Neil Young and something else. They'll, they'll keep on pushing Rogan. Rogan is a threat and they are not going to stop. But that's I, a, I, I don't. I don't think zombies get get embarrassed that they're eating brains. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. They just keep going and they just. Bleh. Well, isn't it hilarious that they put together this list of like three hundred doctors who weren't really doctors, dentists, and, yeah, podcaster. dentists, and they thought like that didn't work, so they're like, we're busting out the big guns. <laughs> we're gonna get Neil Young to try to take him down. You're saying they? You think that people were encouraging Neil Activists. to do this? Yeah, yeah. yeah the organized left has. They've been doing this for years uh, in terms of targeting. Um, voices they disagree with and uh, usually it's uh, trying to controversialize them to get commercials off or advertisers off you know Rush Limbaugh was faced this years ago so it's you know unfortunately there's nothing new under the sun but it's gotten worse things have metastasized in terms of of uh, the attack on speech and it's and it's you know, I, and my view is we're in a revolutionary moment it's dangerous I agree I agree but uh, I will say following this story uh, I hope Neil Young will remember that freedom-loving people don't need him around anyhow. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. I got to tell you, uh-huh. I, I've lived in Neil Georgia Young for the past remember. couple of years, and it's true. A southern man don't need him around anyhow. I mean, he apologized for that, apparently. You know, when he got criticized for writing... He, uh, Neil Young wrote these two songs, Criticizing the South, and then he actually commented on it later, being like, yeah, I shouldn't have written those songs. They were they were too broad. Whatever. cancel culture. I, but, but I, I want to I say what, real quick, the funniest thing about this story... Is how the one person who's not talked about it is Joe Rogan himself. <laughs> so like he trippy. doesn't care. It doesn't involve him. He's minding his own business and everyone else is like, we're, you know, we're sitting here waving our arms in the air, hooting and hollering like, Oh, and it's like, I, I just, I imagine it's just Joe's like, I, I have a feeling like I'd call him and be like, Hey, this Neil Young thing. And he'll be like, what happened? Yeah. I'm like, Neil Young, man, trying to get you banned. And he'd be like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I'd yeah. be like, Oh. <laughs> well, he doesn't care. Yeah. It's not the, relevant. It, it, yeah. The public policy implication that the problem is you've got the media celebrating it, though. Yeah. You know, Neil Young, it's ridiculous as we're talking about. But the media kind of salivating and celebrating the targeting of Young and you see, uh, you know, the CNN types and people like that. They, they love that this is happening. Mm-hmm. And so that's the dangerous side of it. You've got this whole media political complex, uh, along with big tech. Uh, that is excited about taking out voices they don't like. Well, their ratings are in the gutter. Their revenues are in the gutter. Yeah, I think I think we saw that turning point for CNN mm-hmm. when they lost their airport contracts, and all of a sudden, 
I mean, that was what ninety five percent of their viewership. Yeah, and I, I'm only half kidding to be honest. Yeah, I don't right, think it was right, that much. Right. CNN's viewership was largely airports and hotel lobbies. Yeah, and then they lost the airport deal. That could be a big reason why their ratings tanked and just yep. just. You know, but I don't know if they actually count the airport stuff in the ratings. To be honest, people are probably going to be like, "No, they don't do that." But they lost tremendous reach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They know they're losing it to Joe Rogan, among other people. Their competitor, so. and you know, the dishonest side of it is their competitors. Well, yeah. It, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. it's not even just politics. It's a, it's a business. The business is they're losing viewers to people like Rogan, and and you, and frankly, anyone else who has a voice online that normally isn't heard in CNN. Well, and that's what's so hilarious about the entire situation. You're absolutely right. People are looking at this as a matter of politics, and on some level it is. But what is very interesting is the fact that he is direct competition for them in the business that they're operating in. And so when they write these articles about him, it's literally people who work for the companies that he's competing with talking about how horrible he is. Well, of course they're going to say that. And what the media always does and what the left always does is as soon as they start losing, they immediately portray themselves as martyrs and victims. But the narrative falls apart with Rogan because he's one guy who people (laughs) really want to listen to. And they make it seem like he's this reckless and irresponsible man who's bullying them. Hey, but isn't it crazy how they've really ramped up the attacks on Joe Rogan? Yes. I was just reading a story like some some attorney general was saying Joe Rogan should be censored. Who who was that? He's like they're Trump now. Yeah. Some, some some attorney general was like, Joe yeah, it's Rogan. Biden's attorney general. He thinks it was Biden's. Yeah, wow, should be censored. Well, yeah. so the, surgeon, the surgeon general came out and said something about disinformation online. I don't know if he said specifically about general. Rogan. Yeah, not the attorney general. Yeah. Oh, surgeon general. general. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't that like a doctor? man? They're they're they've yeah. lost control, and you know it makes me feel real good. It's great. It's beautiful yeah. to see. Joe, Joe Rogan had Jordan Peterson on. And oh boy, are they all triggered? Wow. Yeah. Culty leftists are like, oh no, and they're lying. It's so it's so hilarious how like, dude, when you take a clip from Joe's show and then post it along with a quote that Joe did not say, you're a moron. People, anyone can watch it, right? Yeah. But and so when the people are sharing it, I see this clip where it's like Joe Rogan said, unless someone is 100 percent black, you can't call him black. And I was like. I'm going to watch this clip. And Joe said a- nothing of the sort. <laughs> nothing of the sort. They're literally just making things up. Yeah, I mean, he, he some of those things were like tangentially related to what he was talking about. He said it was basically strange that there's like people from all over the world of different skin tones and different backgrounds. And like just calling all of them black just kind of seems kind of weird because mm-hmm. they're different people from different, you know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, sure, I get what Joe's trying to say. Mm-hmm. But then to take that claim. That Joe's saying, unless someone's 100% black, you can't call him black. I was like, why would they just lie about that? So when someone then retweets that, I'm just like, these are not serious people. No. you, you it, It's good, though, because you know they're just lying. Yeah. I don't think a single person believes when they retweet something like that. And they're like, ha, oh, look at what Joe said. I'm like, I, I know you don't believe that. Yeah. Because, well, like, you can listen to the guy. And yeah, what Joe yeah. Rogan is saying actually opens up a very interesting discussion, which is the fact that in the United States of America, black people have a racial identity, but not an ethnic identity because of the tragic history there. And the fact that they don't know which part of Africa they're from is individual people. Whereas with the white population, a person generally knows if they're Irish, German, English, Dutch, whatever ancestry they have. And there's some something tragic there, and it shapes the way that a culture operates. But of course, the media has to turn that into... Joe Rogan is racist and says you right. can't call someone black unless they're 100% black. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, from the outside, it looks crazy. The, the, the self, you know, the identity issues. Uh, and and it sounds to me like Rogan was highlighting that. It's like, well, how do you calculate who's one color versus mm-hmm. the other? Especially since we now, 
envision people being able to self-identify any way they want. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, the left enjoys that. They like that. But the downside of that is it's going to blow up the anti-discrimination infrastructure we have here in the United States. Yeah. So if you have laws that protect uh, uh, women from being discriminated against or you have laws that protect people from being discriminated on the basis of race, if they self-identify in ways that, you know, are, are kind of raise issues in that regard, well, how are the laws applied? And so there's this kind of war on reality in some respects, but also the war on the law in terms of discrimination. They, they don't believe in these anti-discrimination laws mm-hmm. because the way they talk and think about them would, would actually negate them and make them inapplicable. Yeah. I, I think for me, one thing that, uh, you know, instantly broke me out of the, the left lies. I just immediately saw it was how, you know, someone can identify as whatever they want as long as you agree with their political ideology. Yeah. Like someone right. super chatted us this the other day. They said, black people can't be racist, but Candace Owens is racist. Yes, exactly. Okay, hold on there a minute. Because uh-huh. according to their, that makes no sense. Yeah. But they say it. Well, for a Marxist, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you oppose us. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. communism 101. She has false consciousness and she's not black. Well, I mean, that's, that's communism. Well, and it's interesting because the question I've always wanted to ask, they always pose this as a question of black versus white. And it's like, okay, well, like, what if a black person hates an Asian person? Or what if an Asian person hates a black person? Or a Hispanic person hates a black person? Like, if you're not white, you can't be racist. So is that not racist? What if an Asian person is black? Oh, yeah. I'm about to yeah. bend some minds, yo. Yeah, people can't believe <laughs> Well, what it. if, what if everyone in this room hates an Irishman? Well, you guys all do based on the way I'm treated. It's a, now, to be <laughs> fair, and I, I've said this on the show before, and I know, and I've said this on the show before. I know people who are like actually born and raised in Ireland get upset when you say you're Irish and you've only lived in America. But here's the thing: it's not like I'm not bragging; it's an admission. All right, this is like okay, yes, this is where, where my ancestors are from. But I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm proud of it. But I'm pretty sure everyone in this room is, is no. Everyone's Irish. got some Irish. Are you part Irish? Yes. I am. Well, that's because the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, baby. That's it. All right, that's the Ireland. truth. But but the, you know the other. Thing Thing too is, uh, I, I find it hilarious when I see people talking about me on you know like Reddit or something, and they they say like people, I I don't know why people will be like Tim Pool doesn't identify as white or whatever, and I'm just like I have no idea what that means. No, dude, like I don't weirdest, identify as white. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's supposed to be your skin color, but it's not. Yeah. No one's white. No yeah. one has white but, skin. But, it's crazy. But look, <laughs> wait, the what? left social Everyone's justice like Marxist skin. You know, cult true, or whatever doesn't view race. As skin color, they view race as political. Mm-hmm. Then yes, they later, exactly. depending on like, they, man, this is what they do. In in order to win an argument, they'll use they they have two different paths they can take with the same language. Mm-hmm. So they can say, "No, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about how someone can look at this man, and discriminate against him." And then later they'll be like, "I'm not talking about skin color. I'm talking about the politics of blackness, the political mm-hmm. black." Yeah. It's like, okay, dude, you're talking about whatever gets you power. Exactly. I get it. Well, and this is the thing. I mean, when they talk about being white or identifying as white, they fail to take into account how an individual person actually identifies themselves. And so I understand their argument that because I'm white, I don't really think about my skin color, etc. But if you look culturally at my, you know, upbringing being from an Irish Catholic home in the Chicago area, and you compare that to the upbringing of a white Dutch person or a white English person who was raised in a Protestant home or without religion, you'd actually find, and I have found this, 
just based on the churches I've been to throughout my life, is that I have far more in common with a person on the basis of what religion they were raised in as, as opposed to their skin color. And so when you're, you're talking to a black person or a Mexican person who was raised in a Catholic household, you can just relate on a level that I don't relate to on somebody just because, just because they're white. It's ridiculous. Like that's not how I identify. Yeah. I, I have more what, what in common are, with people that like play blue and Magic the Gathering than their their skin color. I don't yeah, care yeah. about. Uh, it was uh, Matt Walsh made this point about uh, when he's on Doctor Phil. He said we can dig up a skeleton hundreds of years later. Yeah. We can't know what they were thinking, but we can know it's you know male or female mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think that that actually says a lot more than just that conversation. It's it's like you are so much more as to who you are on the inside, your values, the things you believe than what you look like. You well, know what I mean? And it's such a funny thing. I joke about this, but like in the United States, Irish people were not like considered white until being white meant you had to apologize for being white. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Congratulations, um, No, I know. But no, it's, it's just interesting because like whiteness is a label that was actually used to bludgeon my ancestors. So when you look at who was excluded from the United States and the people who had a light skin tone who were considered non-white, it was almost always Catholic groups. Well, and what's frustrating to me is that we're having this conversation and, and you know, it's one thing to have the conversation. It's another thing to be in positions where you're in a school and you're a teacher mm-hmm. or you're in government and you're being told mm-hmm. you are a bad person because of the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. So the CRT or whatever you want to call it, this, uh, the, uh, the, the woke uh, approach, mm-hmm. it's not just about it's offensive morally and intellectually. Yeah. As applied, it's illegal. Okay, absolutely, you're not you're not absolutely. supposed to discriminate on the basis of race and select people on the basis of race. I mean, we we just had settled a lawsuit in Asheville, North Carolina. They had a scholarship program; only black kids could apply. Completely outrageous. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So we filed a civil rights claim yeah. against them, and they settled and they changed the rules so that it's you know right it's race neutral. Well, so let me let me ask you, but but, but it, it, it's it, but they're trying to undo. Constitutional protections of equal protection of the law and the civil rights laws of the 60s. They're trying to do it. We're trying to defend it. And I don't mean us, Judicial Watch, we are literally, but I mean us who are conservatives and follow the rule of law. We actually believe in non-discrimination. They don't. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
that crazy how they flipped the script on you guys? We're civil. We're the civil rights advocates. The craziest thing to me was this past election when we had California trying to repeal the civil rights language from their constitution. Did you see that one? It was, it was, they called it the affirmative action amendment. It was yeah. such a sleazy f- title for a bill. It literally would just strip out from the California constitution. The language says you cannot discriminate on the basis of race, you know, sex, uh, sexuality or origin or whatever in public accommodation or, or no, it was in, in public employment contracting and schooling or something like that. And they were like, we need to get rid of this so that we can be fair and treat minorities fair. And I'm like, when we, we fought for civil rights in this country to make sure the law would not take these factors into a, into account. And now the left is trying to repeal that language in California. They lost, by the way. But I remember, you know, I've told you guys this story before, but those who haven't heard it, I was talking to a friend of mine, an activist, a prominent, you know, well-known celebrity in, in, in Hollywood. And we're having a conversation because we've been drifting apart politically. And I said, what's the, what's the, what's the, you know, the racial makeup of California? And it's like 70, was it 70% white or something like that? And I said, so if, do you think that when California repeals their non-discrimination language from the constitution, that the, the 70% white majority is going to protect the minorities now? Or do you think they'll just either consciously or unconsciously start benefiting themselves and their race? And, it, and, and there's, there's no real answer I get from these people because they don't want to admit they're wrong in repealing this language because it's part of their tribe. But I was like, look, some of these cities in California are like 99% white. And if your perspective is that white people are racist, why would you empower these people to discriminate on the basis of race? Mm. And they have no answer. They have mm-hmm. none. Now, I got to be honest. I don't really think white people in California are going to be like, ah, now's our chance to be racist. Yeah. <laughs> but if that's their ideology, why would they want to repeal that language unless they actually want to be racist and they actually want to do these things? Yeah, exactly. Well, because these white people aren't going to be like, ah, I can like oppress other people who are non-white but they could go i'm gonna make myself feel better about this white guilt complex by like discriminating against white people i don't i gotta be honest i i I really think that what we're dealing with in the culture war stems largely from those in the know and those who aren't Mm -hmm. that that's really it i mean if you if you go to i I went to the uh, march for our march for our lives i think Mm. it was that was the, the gun thing and I saw all these people holding up signs saying ban assault weapons or whatever. Right. And I'd ask them, like, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. And they, they couldn't tell me. And I, I, there are several people that said, you know, uh, assault rifles should be illegal or should be, you know, like ban assault rifles. And so I'd stop and I'd talk to people and I'd be like, hey, I wanted to ask you about your son. And I said, uh, so you want to ban assault rifles? And they'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, well, they're almost entirely banned. You can't make any new ones, I think, since 1984. And in order to get one now, it, it, it requires, you know, a special licensing to take, take up to a year. The tax they're, app. Yeah, the tax yeah. app. They're typically very expensive. They can be thousands of dollars. And they would go, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, what are you protesting? Mm-hmm. I wasn't mean any. I was just like, oh, I had one woman. <laughs> she, she was holding up a sign and I asked her these questions and then she folded up and she's like, oh, I didn't know. And I'm like, then what are you protesting? Yeah. So yeah. I, I genuinely <laughs> believe a lot of these people just don't know. So. This activist friend of mine posted something recently from the March for Life. You know, Seamus, you were down there. Yes. And it was some great. like lefty guy walking up to protesters and saying, how many children have you adopted? And it was like this bumbling middle-aged woman. She goes, none. And he goes, oh, okay. I've adopted two. And she goes, great. And then he goes to another one. How many have you adopted? And, she, and she's like, I, I've not adopted any kids. And he's like, I've adopted two. It's like, okay. And I'm watching this and I'm like, what message is my friend trying to convey with this mm-hmm. that these two women haven't adopted any children? Mm-hmm. Most people don't adopt children. Yeah. 
Is this an indictment of the pro-life movement? Yeah. They just don't know. Mm -hmm. If they went down there and they spoke to any of the organizers, they'd be like, oh, like like a lot of the organizers, a lot of people involved do run charities for helping children and and promoting adoption. And they do adopt a whole lot, but they just don't know anything about this. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, I think apathy. A lot of people just don't care. They want to pretend to care. Makes them look good on social media, right? Yep. General ignorance. It's not their jobs to be journalists. You know, I don't blame every single person for just not knowing. Some people, look, you work your nine to five, you go home, you got, you want to be with your kids, you want to play, maybe throw the, throw the football a little bit. You don't got time to sit down and read all this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but I, but I will blame the uh, mainstream press to a, to a great degree. Let me pull up this story we got from, uh, from Fox News. CNN's Jim Acosta compares Virginia to Soviet-style police state under Glenn Youngkin. Critics <laughs> took to social media to blast Acosta's comparison, calling it a bridge too far and evil. Well, as you as you all uh, may not be aware, Jim Acosta is doing some show on CNN called Democracy in Peril. I think it's funny that Glenn Youngkin only just got into office. There's no Soviet-style police state of anything. Nothing's bar- barely anything's happening. Meanwhile, in D.C., you need to show your papers to get into a restaurant. Yeah, right. exactly. But not, but not to vote. But not yeah. to vote. So the question: What, what exactly does Acosta think the parallel is here? He's lying. Yeah. You know, and and I don't know if he's in New York or Atlanta or D.C., but in our nation's capital, if you want to visit the capital and protest, it's more difficult to do so, especially if you're not vaccinated. If you want to communicate with your elected representatives, it's nearly impossible to do so. We have that rump committee threatening and talking about throwing out hundreds of members of Congress because they opposed uh, the um, uh, they were involved in the election disputes. You have the Justice Department talking about investigating thousands of people because they were opposed to the election disputes. That's the Soviet style approach to governance. Bingo. You see Joe Walsh Good for you. on Twitter? No. I know, you know, I know you who know he is. is. I didn't see you. He I, said anybody who tries to put forth a fake group of electors should be investigated yeah. or blah, blah, blah. So so let me just, just – Which Democrats did in 1960 you beat Hawaii. Me to it. That's right. So what, what they, they made up a fake story. Rachel Maddow talks about it. She's like, I've discovered forgery documents. They're, shut up. They're, They're not, not forgeries. forgeries. What happened was when the election was being contested, whatever your opinion is, is not the point. Republicans said, we are going to fill out the forms the same as the Democrats were, and we're going to submit them. And sure enough, when the official electors came in and were certified for the Democrats, they went and Pence chose them. And it was 1960, I believe, right? Yeah. Nixon versus Kennedy. Mm. Hawaii certified Republican electors, but the Democrats decided to go and, and fill out their own forms anyway. Lo and behold, the courts ruled in their favor. So when the uncertified Democrat electors went to to the joint session of Congress. Nixon said, we know what happened. The courts have ruled. So I'm going to pick these anyway. Imagine that. Yep. It's historical precedent. But now you've got these lo- these people lying about it. And this is what I say. This is why I say the, 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 the culture war is between people who know and people who don't know. Because if you've read, I, I read about that stuff in 1960 years ago with, with Nixon. I was reading it years ago and, you know, with the midterm elections or whatever. And so when all this stuff comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, they, they just did what happened in 1960. But you know, I mean, he lies about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my view, there's a special place in hell for politicians uh, who want to put their political opponents in jail. I mean, to me, that is a particularly grave evil. Should be a special Donald place Trump. in jail for him, too. Donald Trump said Hillary Clinton should be in jail. Well, I don't think he said he, said she should be, he should be pros- she should be prosecuted 
and she did, he didn't want to put her in jail because she didn't he didn't like her politics. He thought he commi- she committed crimes. Here you have the leftist saying, "Oh, participating under the First Amendment in a rally is an evidence of a crime. Participating under the constitutional system to challenge electors and federal law to p- challenge electors that we've done since time immemorial that all of a sudden is a crime. Right? It's it's more pernicious than that. It's one thing to say I think this person committed a crime." She stole all her emails. I mean, we were involved in that. It's another thing to say, I don't like your politics, and you should be censored, and you're a criminal and a terrorist. That's what they're saying in a casual way. Yeah. Also, I want to mention this. I mean, the um, the the Clinton campaign wanted to have U.S. intelligence officials brief the Electoral College on Russian interference in order to sway them. So, they, I mean, they have absolutely no respect for the system or ensuring yeah. that the electorate or, or those in the Electoral College select those whom were voted for. We went through five years. Yeah. Technically, now it's seven years, but I was, you know, before uh, in 2020, it had been five years of lies. About yeah. Russia and Ukraine and yeah. all of that mm-hmm. manipulation. You want to talk? About, hey, hey, Jim, Jim. You want to talk about Soviet-style police state? Let's talk about how some dude who works for the CIA accuses the president of some nonsense, and the people of this country can't even say his name. Please don't say his name mm-hmm. because we can't. Because uh, you want to know who's who's enforcing the Soviet-style police state? It is uh, the Democratic establishment. It is the media. It's social media. If we say the name of this guy, YouTube will take the stream down. Well, and that's exactly the thing. So I think the best way to summarize a Soviet-style system and the perils in America uh, are as follows. In 2016, it was alleged that the election was fraudulent. And in that instance, we investigated those who were elected. In 2020, it was also alleged that the election was fraudulent. This time, we investigated the people making the accusation. Yeah. Although that doesn't do in a sense... 68, they thought Nixon stole the election. They had secret negotiations with Vietnam. 72, he overwhelmingly won. So the left used Watergate to relitigate. He cheated his way in. 1980, Reagan had secret talks with Iran. His, his election was invalid. There, I, I saw this. I think Snopes tried doing a fact check on it, but it said something like, uh, every election since 1968, the Democrats have claimed has been stolen. Is that? Well, I, it's uh, seven, uh, 2000. I was down counting ballots in 2000. Wow. Gore mm-hmm. was running around trying to change the results. And then, uh, 2000, uh, well, then now we're in 2016 with the, uh, with Trump. They it's tried to the change, they tried to change the results. I'm just, I'm just tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to be honest. I'm tired of it with the Trump supporters, to be honest. I'm tired of it. I've been tired of it from before this. There, it's just – look, I, I just want to get to the point where we move forward. But I think we need to understand at this point, 2016, 2020, 2068, whatever year, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Nobody's playing by the rules anymore. And I mean that figuratively and somewhat literally – what I mean is it's like, you know, uh, Walsh on Twitter being like, we should lock up the people who forged these documents, but they didn't. That's a lie. When, when they subpoena Alex Jones, these subpoenas from Jan- the January 6th committee, we had, I think, I think Bannon may have told us this, expensive. You can't just get subpoenaed and be like, okay, tell me where cash. to go. Yeah. 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 There's cash. It's, it's, it's $15,000 to look at it. Yeah. So just to look at yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. And so what they're doing is they're draining resources. They're using the power of the federal government to to uh, suppress, to shut down dissident, uh, dissidents. The weight of the government is going after political rivals in a way Donald Trump never did. 
The man talked big and said to Hillary, oh, you'd be in jail. And then did nothing. Yeah, yeah. He did nothing. Did you see the Politico story the other day that confirmed or showed that the Capitol Hill Police Department, which answers now to Pelosi and Schumer, Pelosi is the queen of the Hill when it comes to security, is gathering intelligence on members under the guise of security, investigating where they're going, who they're meeting with, donors and staff. So you've got this unholy melding of a police force with a political party. I bet that they're thinking if we don't, observe and spy on everyone the chinese ccp is going to do it so we have to take we have to be the ultimate spy network i think that's the mentality well many of them are on the payroll oh Mm. so it's bigger than the governments and it's more of a multinational coercive yeah i I would get down with that i do think we're winning you know the the the, like uh, the raid on uh, on james o'keefe it just shows you how completely desperate Mm -hmm. the establishment is to maintain their 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 power Mm-hmm. Now, that was a, a wild abuse of power, and uh, we just got documents last week. I don't know if you saw. That's right, the Pfizer stuff. I mean, we uh, was James talking about Was he on with you recently talking about it? Yeah, he was week. on, but I don't, think he ta- I don't think we talked about it. So, so we I asked, think it was like right afterwards. This was fun because sometimes when they tell you no, you learn something. Mm-hmm. So we asked the FBI, give us records about communications with Pfizer about Project Veritas. And they said, we can't give you those because they're in an investigative file. <laughs> oh, confirming their yeah, existence. It's like, normally they don't confirm it, so it was kind of an odd response. Yeah. So they've confirmed that Pfizer is with working with the FBI somehow to target Project Veritas, who it's, had, for those who don't know, had done some exposés on yeah. fetal stem cells, fetal cells and being involved, mm-hmm. or fetal organs uh, being involved in the um, uh, creation and um, helping guarantee the safety of vaccines, mm-hmm. things that they didn't want out there, which are true, but they don't like it out there because people get right. upset about it. But that's just the, the, the Veritas thing is a really good example of the desperation to be yeah. to be that overt with your strategies to go against American journalists. It just shows to, to use the metaphor we've used nonstop for the past two weeks. The emperor has no clothes, mm-hmm. but they, they had they had power for a long time and it's 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 being ripped from them. I think the Internet is is, is what's causing it. Yeah, well, it's just at this point, imagine trusting a journalist who the entire system isn't trying to crush. Yeah, well, when uh, uh, any news channel that puts on Adam Schiff, I'm just immediately like, okay, it's fake news. Yeah, exactly. Turn it off. Exactly. Turn it off. Nancy Pelosi, too. Lapdog. I mean, it, I think it's fair to, to, to bring those people on if you're, if you're adversarial. But if you want to make fun of them, you know. Although, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm all big part of like ban the account, not the person. I don't think that just because someone has a track record of lying that they're necessarily lying. So I don't want to discount these people flat out. I understand that there's maybe it's more of a variant scale and maybe someone that lies a lot is like maybe a 7% weight to their statement, but that's still 7%. (laughs) I don't know, man. So you're right that it is technically possible for somebody to lie about something and then tell the truth later on, but a person loses their credibility. And honestly, there are so many people trying to compete for our bandwidth that I have no interest in giving my attention to someone who I know has lied before. You know, with politics, uh, you don't repeatedly, I I, I don't really care whether Mm -hmm. someone lies too much in politics. I mean, it's a problem, you know, morally, it's objectionable as a voter. It's the corruption that bothers me. Adam Schiff abused his power to take the phone records of Rudy Giuliani and publish them. And then we go to court trying to get the records. And part of their argument was we can do that. We don't need a court authorization authorization to do it. So right now we know that they're taking the phone records of people and who knows, internet records of potentially, I don't know, millions of people the way they're wording these requests. And there's no control or policing of it. Yeah. You know, that's an abuse of power. That's corrupt. 
It's not even they're even using subpoenas anymore. They're just requesting the information. So if you're if you were a supporter of Trump online and made comments on election and you had your account deleted or censored, that's the sort of stuff that Congress is asking for information on. I mean, do you want that in the hands of Congress or Adam Schiff? These are like I keep on saying, these are our republic is under assault. And and this isn't political differences. This is a question of whether or not we're going to follow the law and we're going to follow the const- the infrastructure the Constitution has laid out for us and how we govern ourselves, or whether the bad guys are just going to break all the rules to go after their well, enemies. They changed the yeah. law. Uh, the Patriot Act's insane. But they made that legal so that now they can legally just take all the records, legally, even though it's still corrupt. Well, yeah. I mean, the FBI hasn't backed off from their targeting of parents as terrorists. I mean, there was controversy about it, but they're still doing it. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about this story we got here from TimCast.com. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer to retire. The justice and the Biden administration have not yet released a formal statement. Jen Psaki did say, you know, it's the prerogative of the of the justice to retire when they feel like it. But, uh, I mean, that's the story. Stephen Breyer is going to stay until the end of the term, which just is uh, – when, when is that ending? Is, is that ending in October? I mean, they, u- they usually end the term in June, in sometimes June, okay. July. But normally all the decisions are done by the end of June. Oh, okay, June, June. Yeah. All right. So um seems to me that Breyer, who is considered a liberal justice, they're doing this because they think they're going to be losing the midterms. Yeah, they forced Breyer out. The left had this really unprecedented campaign to pressure Biden, uh, excuse me, to pressure Breyer to retire. I guess there's another campaign to pressure Biden to retire, too. But that's, another <laughs> that's coming from all sides, <laughs> but, to be honest. Uh, but, uh, and Breyer... Had some interviews late last year, or uh, he was out, I think, selling a book, or he was being interviewed, and it was pretty clear he had no interest in retiring. And something changed, and they pressured him, and he left. They bullied him off the court, and you can bet the left that bullied a sitting Supreme Court justice of, off the court is going to demand that Biden point a appoint an extremist to to replace him, not a not a normal liberal, someone who's yeah. extreme. Well, and and so that's going to be the battle, and you know. Uh, Technically, Senate, you know, the Senate can get someone passed for Biden or confirmed by Biden if they get 50 plus one vote. And we'll see what happens. And Kamala would be the tiebreaker, I'd imagine. We're going to need term limits. Unless she's the nominee. If we're going to save any, if if we undercover the public. But then Lindsey Lindsey Graham would vote for her. Yeah, Lindsey Graham has voted for most of the uh, judges put forward by Biden, at least in in committee, yeah. Yep. Like you were saying, how cancel culture can whip up a frenzy so quick. Now it's like things can happen so fast that having someone in power for fifty years as a Supreme Court justice is too dangerous. It doesn't make any sense anymore. I think we need term limits. Otherwise, we're going to get a thirty-eight year old or forty-two year old that's going to think they're going to be in power for fifty years, and then I don't know. You know, I thought make, about this. It's an interesting question that you know, should we have a time limit for justices or should it be a lifetime appointment? There's pros and cons. Yeah. I, I do like the idea that, you know, when someone gets appointed, it kind of puts a pin in the cultural perspective and says, like, mm. you know, this person, he's 45, he's going to be a justice, and he's going to be there for 40 years. It kind of helps. It, I think it's a stabilizing force. The, the the detriment, however, is you get someone like, you know, we, we had that Supreme Court justice who was on his, you know, in a, he was partially comatose or whatever, and he was just, like, shaking in his bed, and they're like, what do we do? Well, he's a lifetime appointment, so. Right. But I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think? You think we should boot him out at a certain age or something? Or? You know, I'm sympathetic to that. Uh, the, I think the most, the chief concern is the quality of the judge and his judicial philosophy. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So having a judicial supremacist on the court who wants to steal our liberty and steal our self-governance and govern from the bench... If he's on the court for a year, that doesn't do us any good. If he's on the court for 10 years, it doesn't do any good. But to have someone who defers to the Constitution and applies it as written and originally understood, you know, having them on the court for 30 years is fine. The question is, what is the role of the court in our constitutional system? And it is that it's outsized. You know, we shouldn't be waited, waiting with bated breath about how we're going to govern ourselves on these core issues every June. Mm-hmm. What's the court going to rule? You know, the the court is one branch of our government, yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm against judicial supremacy, and that should be the big fight. And I I would expect that yeah. finally, at least Republicans who share those views, you know, we can't be approving judges just because the president deserves there's his justice. No, no, no. The people deserve to have their rights protected and not violated by justices who think they know better than elected well, representatives. Amen. This this is this is there, there's several. Uh, laws and and there's several rulings you go back that just seem to be outright wrong, just on the face. Um, I think. Well, I'll, I'll throw this one to you, Seamus Uh-oh. Roe v. Wade. Yeah, absolutely. Because wrong. the big argument and and uh, is that it should be a, a legislative issue, mm-hmm. not a court issue. The court shouldn't be legislating, right? Is, so yes. so well, break, break this down for me, though. I'm just trying to highlight the issue without getting too political on it. <laughs> but uh, the, the the big argument that we heard from, you know, Kavanaugh, I think Clarence Thomas, uh, when they were arguing the, the Mississippi abortion law, they were like, why is this a court issue and not a legislative issue? Well, when you read and I encourage people to read Supreme Court opinions because they're generally written for public consumption. And if you're you know literate, you can understand them. And uh, the left is exposed when their arguments are uh, laid out there. And when you read Roe versus Wade, you see it's written like a piece of legislation. It's a perfect example of legislating from the bench. And it's not appropriate. Uh, abortion has been regulated by the states, you know, for most of modern history, you know, until you know, certainly once law, once they started talking about abortion, they were regulating and restricting it. I know there's arguments about the history. But it was a medical procedure and it was regulated and there was no federal jurisdiction over making sure that abortion was in the con- of, of protecting the abortion right. It's not part of the Constitution. And, and so you had the courts, uh, certain courts, uh, in the, in the Supreme Court justices who agreed that women should have the right to abortion. And then they mistake, they mistook their policy preference for what the Constitution right. uh, requires. And I talked about, you know, I remember seeing Judge Bork you know, lose his nomination. And he wrote a book, he called it The Tempting of America. And the great tempting for, the great temptation for judges 
is to get on the bench and impose your political views and call it jurisprudence. So we, one day after the show here, uh, a while ago, now almost a year and a half ago, one of our friends that back at the old studio, uh, Nishra, who's yeah. uh, Adam's wife, she, we, we were all hanging out in the kitchen, and she's, she's from Sweden. So she says, I, I have a question. The, your constitution, it says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I'm like, right. And she's like, well, why are they banning guns? And everyone <laughs> starts laughing. Just because it's like someone who doesn't live in this country could clearly see how yeah. broken the system is and that it makes no sense. And we all laugh because we know. We, we know that legis- legisla- uh, legislating from the bench – uh, and, and not, and, and not, uh, uh, you know, the courts not properly ruling on our rights. It happens all of the time. The system just seems, it, it feels like we start with a good foundation and now it's just like this wonky Jenga tower of random blocks stuck in places because people wanted to, you know, get something for themselves. Well, on the other hand, things are going well. That's why the left is so upset about the Supreme Court and they want to expand it. You had last <laughs> week, <laughs> a, a, you know, you had Nina Totenberg defame and smear Judge Gorsuch. Jane Mayer of the New Yorker went after Justice Thomas and his wife afterward. You're going after his wife to get at Justice Thomas. You've had this pressure campaign on Breyer. And I keep on talking about all our institutions being under assault. They're trying to blow up the Supreme Court uh, with this court packing scheme. So that yeah. Breyer, Breyer leaving is, you know, he's, he's a liberal. He'll probably be replaced with a liberal. But the goal is to pack the court. And negate the conservative voices on the court yeah. that now are rising and dominating. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the populist view is that Roberts is not conservative, and that you know uh, Kavanaugh hasn't actually done a pretty a decent job or anything like that. But I don't think they're going to replace Breyer with a liberal. I think they're going to replace him with a Marxist or something. Yes. Well, uh, that yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see what uh, Senator Manchin has to say about it. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, you know, yes, Manchin and maybe Cinema because they've they've stood, you know, they, they've you know uh, resisted the Democratic Party's whims. But you still have some Republicans who are going to be like, now, now, we got to be accommodating and fair. Right, and- right. But it's an election year, so so I think uh, it will be. There's a greater chance that Republicans will be unified against a extremist nominee, and it depends who the nominee is. Well, Biden says it's going to be a black woman. Well, again, so now Joe Biden has announced <laughs> that no male need apply, no yeah. white person need apply. Yeah. How is that legal? Can you guys, I mean, would you guys sue him over that? I don't think you can sue him over that. I don't think so. But that's, I mean, it's it's so weird that we're at this point in this country. I mean, I always want to sue over everything. And the, yeah. And the, well. the lawyers say, well, you can, but you won't <laughs> succeed. Yeah. You know, the saying is you can sue a ham sandwich. Another world leader that uh, was obsessed with appointing um, a specific kind of creature to uh, the their role was uh, Caligula, who appointed uh, <laughs> the Roman emperor, the inbred Roman emperor, who appointed his horse to be a chancellor. Uh, when you, but that, when, wasn't that he, he was insulting them? Wasn't yeah, he? he was like making a mockery of the system. By, no, this is by different. This, also, is, yeah. this is racial identitarianism. It's insanity. From our president, it's, it's, it's like, for yeah. our Supreme Court. Yeah. Well, it was the same thing with his VP nominee, and it's hilarious right. because he chose Kamala Harris essentially to pander to progressives because he pigeonholed himself. He said, "I have to pick a woman of color," and basically every progressive I know hates Kamala Harris. So it's beautiful, and. I can only hope that they will hate his Supreme Court uh, nominee just as much. But, of course, I, I'm sure that I you wouldn't know, like them either. That, the way the Democratic Party has been going in the past couple of years, I wouldn't be surprised if Biden chooses the most absurd, hated person, neoliberal establishment. 
and all the progressives start screaming and the Democratic senators are like, if I vote for this, I'm going to lose. Yeah. So, I mean, whoever he picks, like, it is going to be horrible. It's going to be a horrible this pick. This is what it sounds like. Whoever he picks, like, we're waiting for daddy to make a move. It's so <laughs> gross. How does this one dude get to pick? It's called the well, president. going to make the, the decisions. The Constitution gives him the right to appoint the judge. <laughs> and the Senate has to provide consent and so an advice and consent as the term is. So there is a there is a check in place, and uh, it's going to be a close run thing. I mean, typically, you know, if Mitch if Mitch McConnell were in the majority, there'd be no doubt the nominee would get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, my view is Chuck Schumer's been an awful leader for the Democrats. Uh, he's been dragged around by AOC and the mm-hmm. left, mm-hmm. and he's lost control of the Senate. And so I, I think uh, the president's nominee that otherwise might be able to squeak through might be stopped because of of uh, the, the craziness in our politics right now. Let's talk about this story I we got from the so. LA Times. Trial to determine if requiring women on boards is legal. That's our trial. So this is your trial. This is a story from uh, back in December. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when you get a president who says the principal determinant for a Supreme Court nominee is going to be race and gender, I'm like, that flies in the face of the civil rights movement. It flies in the face of what we were fighting for. And it's what the critical race theorists want. To the, the the cultural left or whatever they want your position to be determined determined based on identity. So so in in California, what did they do? They passed a law saying that uh, you, you know, have to le- have a woman. The legislature passed a law requiring certain that a certain number of seats be uh, set aside for women, and so that means that men can't apply for certain seats on corporate boards of directors in California. It's outrageously illegal. It's a violation of the California Constitution, which is even has more broader protections uh, for uh, against sexual discrimination than the federal Constitution does. And so we've been in court. We had four lawyers out there for six weeks fighting the government who are bringing in all these uh, all these so-called experts who are pretending that it's right to require women to be on the boards and and discriminate on the basis of sex. And the argument they're using, the left's argument is, well, it helps corporations to have more women on the boards. You know, there's no real evidence of that. But even if it did, it's illegal. It's still illegal. It's yeah. still illegal. And but the point is, they're fighting it. And so those of us who, when the left says they're in favor of and hate discrimination, that's the big lie of our era. Yeah. The the, the, the most interesting development and troubling development is the the thorough assault on anti-discrimination law in our schools and our corporations and our military and uh, you see it now in the government that that you can target people based on race or sex and discriminate against them and you'll have all the king's horses and all the king's men i mean we're in court suing the california state of california where is the justice department where is the justice department the civil rights division is harassing states for requiring voter id but allowing discrimination based on sex, race, and every other category to go on in California with nary a peep. Yeah. Was Trump doing anything about it? Listen, was Trump, before Trump. Well, the Justice, no, Department, know, the Justice but... Department under Trump was a disaster, yeah. too. I mean, Barr had no interest in doing any of this aggressive thing. Now, I say, I say that knowing that he did do some good things. But the point is, the Justice Department institutionally is a locus of evil when it comes to public policy. And they do not believe, and this was true in the Obama administration, there was an IG report. They didn't believe the laws against racial discrimination applied to whites in voting matters. I mean, that was, that was the finding. It was, our people who worked there told us that. We have some employ, our attorneys used to work at the Justice Department. They were told that. 
It's not designed. We don't believe these civil rights laws apply to all people. We had uh, we had some guy on the show. I'm not going to say his name, but he was arguing in very much in favor of critical race theory and stuff. And you know, you know, he's saying like, you you guys want to ban this stuff from schools and blah blah blah. I, my, my, my response to this, just simp- simply, when, when Donald Trump wanted to ban the critical race theory mm-hmm. trainings for contractors and stuff like that, and these leftists are like, I thought you supported free speech. I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I, I do. I do. I'm just also in favor of enforcing laws. And if it's an illegal discriminatory action based on the civil rights law, we enforce it. Right. So you can't come to me and be like, we like the 1964 Civil Rights Act. We, we, we like these rulings. It's like, oh, well, Trump wants to enforce it. How dare you? Mm-hmm. We should be allowed to discriminate, but you shouldn't. It's like that, uh, who's, who's that guy? Was it Frank Herbert was his name? When I am weaker than you, I ask yeah. for freedom because it's according to your yes. principles. When, when, you know, when I'm stronger than you, I deny you your freedom because that's according to mine. Mm-hmm. Was that Frank Herbert who said that? That's that's okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. You looked yeah, that a similar version is, it was, is, it was? evil. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Evil calls for tolerance until it's ascendant and then it uh, calls for submission, basically. But, but the left is always, you know, the left uses these arguments as a tool. Exactly. And when the tool exactly. becomes not useful, they cast it aside. So anti-discrimination, they saw as a political tool. Mm-hmm. Now they don't like it. They cast it aside. The Supreme Court, they liked when it was Roe versus Wade. But now that they're ruling against us, oh, no, we got to cast it aside. Right. We used to like the Senate filibuster, but now we need to eliminate the Senate on top of the filibuster. Yeah, yeah that was insane. Colbert. Yeah. said that, right? Yeah. yeah. The Senate, the Senate. So when you, the, the you know, the, like I say, revolutionary moment, filibuster isn't the target. The target is eliminating any impediment to power. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. Stephen Colbert goes on his show with Elizabeth Warren. I think this was a week ago. And he says, we should get rid of the Senate. And everyone laughs. He's like, I'm going to say this. Hear me out. Hear me out. Why don't we abolish the Senate? The whole audience laughs. And he goes, I'm 100% serious. Yeah, if you're 100% serious and your audience is laughing at you when you say it, you're insane. Yeah, Liz is 100% Cherokee. He was like, actually, I'm like 0.0019% serious. But no, it goes to show you how far these people have gone. Because we, one thing that we used to say to make fun of them when they would talk about the Electoral College was that at that point, they may as well just try to abolish representative government in general. (laughs) And now they're actually doing this. And I've also seen this with respect to the uh, argument that's been made about gun control. I've heard a lot of conservatives say, well, why not? ban automobiles because of all the people who die in car accidents and now i'm actually hearing left-wing people argue that we need to shift to a national railway system oh, yeah. and never the arguments yeah, never because, never presume uh, the crazy stuff yeah is exactly something they oppose. yeah yeah exactly so it's like every single it's like jokes that we will make to highlight the ridiculousness of their worldview tend to become positions that they actually support within a matter yeah. of years the, uh, authoritarianism will do that if if their enemy makes a joke like well here they come the authoritarians will be like they gave us the green light. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. well, tr- well, Trump was criticized for saying that, um, oh, look, they're taking down statues of Confederates. Yep. Are they going to take down statues of Jefferson and Washington? I remember thinking, oh, yes, they will. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, that's perfectly – I mean, we laugh at the craziness, but it's per- per- it's perfectly rational within the Marxist worldview. And they don't find it funny, and they're perfectly willing to – go to these extreme circumstances. I mean, look, the January, I call it the, the rump committee, the January 6th rump committee is a one party committee in the house that is exercising legislative and investigative power. Is it actually all one party? Well, there, there are Republicans who answer to Nancy Pelosi, but who have not been, who don't represent the minority party. So it's a one party operation. So how, how is that consistent 
with a, a Republican form of government. No, that should be an external so, independent organization doing that committee. Well, it shouldn't be. You know, what they're investigating is their political opposition. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's when you talk about the USSR, that's the playbook. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of the statues, do you remember when NPR did a fact check on Trump's statement that they would eventually go after statues of people like Washington and Jefferson? And they, they fact checked his prediction before it happened, <sighs> saying it was incorrect. No, don't get me started on the fact check. <laughs> they're fantastic. What? Yeah. I used to think that we should get rid of the Republican uh, Republicanism. I thought the House of Representatives is this is like 2007. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Mike Gravel actually. He was an Alaskan senator at the time, yeah. and I, I was able to communicate with him a little bit. And I thought it's just I saw them getting bribed. I saw the the stopgap of like only these guys get to make the laws. It just felt like they were all corrupt. I wanted it gone. I was like, why can't we just have the Americans? pass the laws into the Senate and then let the Senate be the stopgap. Why do we need this House of Representatives anymore? We have internet. And Gravel was like, no, no, we need the House of Representatives. And I was like, is he just brainwashed because he's from that system? Or do we actually need this? I don't know. I don't think they should have the monopoly on, on lawmaking, though. Yeah, I mean, the founders wanted kind of a a uh, the Republican system is 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 has Democratic, uh, you know, Democratic outlooks. But it, it, it kind of is also designed to, to suppress the sign of the vote by, you know, just have the popular vote be promoted directly. So, uh, so that the passions of the moment don't uh, result in legislation being passed. Everyone gets angry about Joe Rogan and he gets banned because there's this backlash. And then, oh, what happens the next day? Well, he's banned because it was passed because they had a vote that was national that resulted in him getting banned. You don't want to be on the wrong end of that. And when you have liberties that are protected by law and are supposed to be protected by law at all times under a constitution, you don't want to have those subjected to uh, you know, the popular passions as well. So we have a Republican form of government with democratic aspects. And yeah, the left hates it. We, we, we've had this conversation before, Ian, where uh, I said, all, uh, everyone in this room, all in favor of taking Ian's stuff from him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Everybody raise your hand. Everyone agrees? Okay, Ian, give us your stuff. Well, then you'd have to send it to the Senate, and the Senate would look at it and be like, uh, what's this insane stuff, and who is this the, person the, the, that the pa- tried is, to pass this in? The point is, when you have direct democracy, we can just vote to take from you. Not, I'm not talking about I, I like the Senate. I'm just saying the House of Representatives. I don't understand the value. So it's, they like, represent the people, and the Senate represents they the don't, states. But they don't represent the people. That's the problem. They're well, supposed they, to one person represents 700,000 people. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nah, whoa they whoa, represent whoa, their own whoa, interests. Whoa, whoa, Ian, 750,000 people. Thank you for the update. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a lot of people. <laughs> so, and they don't, and they don't. And and this is something that Colbert said when uh, Kirsten Cinema was like, the filibuster makes sure that legislation has to have a broad range of support. Colbert goes, no, no. You represent 40, he's like, the, the, the party filibustering represents 41 million less people. <laughs> Colbert thinks that the 50% or the 49% of Illinois that are Republican or whatever the number is, just blindly agree mm-hmm. with their senator because the election was won. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. Right. In fact, there is a great deal of Republicans in many of these blue states who are very, very, very unhappy. Mm-hmm. So when Colbert is like, but you, but you represent more people. Yeah, well, those 41 million people are probably conservatives who don't like you, who don't agree with you. So it's not as simple as just be like, do whatever you want when you get power. Well, I mean, it, it's it's like this argument about the popular versus the electoral vote. What the left does is they take numbers and apply them to a game that the numbers aren't that, – that, that are outside the game's rules. Yeah. 
So, oh no, the Yankees really won last year because they got more strikeouts than whoever won the World Series. Well, that may be interesting as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. but that's not the way the game was played. Exactly. And no one played the game to get more strikeouts. Exactly. So no one plays the game in presidential elections to get more of the popular vote. Mm-hmm. So it's irrelevant to analysis of who gets more votes or not. Yeah. And it's the same at the congressional level and the Senate level. <clears throat> it's the popular vote is not, re- it's not relevant to the game. Like I, it's an indication because if one team got like, a hundred times more strikeouts than any other team, but they still didn't win. You might think maybe the game's being played wrong. Well, well for instance, Trump doesn't have to. Trump doesn't campaign in California, mm-hmm. so all that popular vote that's run up for Democrats in California is never countered because playing the game doesn't mean doesn't means that Republicans don't go and ask for mm-hmm. the popular vote. Now, if there was a popular vote contest every four years. Democrats think they'd win. Mm-hmm. No, the game would change, exactly. and Republicans yeah. would start agitating for the popular vote. And well, who knows who would win? Yeah. No, well, well, true. no. If there, if there, if there was a popular, if if one day they said, "Hey, everybody, guess what? 2024 is going to be popular vote." It wouldn't just change the rules of the game. The country would be ripped apart by chaos and yeah. fighting. Of course, the left doesn't believe in the popular vote because they want to change the electoral college. Yeah. So let's say that Texas votes majority for Trump. But the majority of uh, electors are voting for uh, for Biden, or the popular vote is different in other states. Texas has to ignore their popular vote. Right. Yeah, it's it's all a game. Well, and I prefer the game the founders set out for us rather than the game the left is trying to come up with now. Yeah. Uh, the, so the first time I ever voted was in Cook County, um, but. How, how many I, times did you vote? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only once, believe it or not. But uh, I don't question the legitimacy of Cook County elections. I will say this. I remember feeling like it was a protest vote because it's just such a deep blue county and Illinois is such a blue state that I didn't think it was going to have any effect. So I voted for who I wanted to, but I recognized it probably wasn't going to have an effect. And I knew a lot of people who didn't vote, a lot of conservatives right. who didn't vote because right. they knew the state was going to go blue. I think you're right that if we did change to a system that was – purely based on the popular vote, there actually is a chance that the Republicans would win because a lot of people who are disillusioned by the politics of their local municipality or state would start voting. That said, I agree with you. It's it's not an, It would not be an improvement. I want to talk to you guys about uh, the leftists in this country. We'll segue into that. We got the story from Mashable. Oh, man. Anti-work subreddit goes private after rough Fox News interview. Yikes, saith Mashable. <laughs> I would like to introduce you to a subreddit called Anti-Work. My understanding, after uh, some cursory research, mm-hmm. is that the point of this forum was pe- it was people who thought no one should have to have a job. Mm. You should be allowed to get food, shelter, and whatever given to you without doing any work. It started to grow rapidly. 1.7 million mm-hmm. followers of this subreddit, this forum. It quickly changed, however, into a work reform Mm -hmm. where it was like, hey, we just want rights. We want to do work, but we got to get paid better. Now, ultimately, I think this message is co-opted by the left, and that's what poisoned it. But here's what happens. Fox News reaches out to interview one of the someone from the the, the forum of 1.7 million people who don't want to work or who don't like working. And. My, so this is what I read. Basically, someone, they, they all held a poll where they said, okay, should we do this? Everyone voted. The majority said, do not go on Fox News. <laughs> oh, boy. One of the moderators decided to go on Fox News anyway. It was an uh, um, autistic, non-binary individual, I believe, 
who appeared on Fox News, wouldn't look directly into the camera and was shying away in a messy room with an inarticulate message that seemed wishy-washy, saying things like, I have to walk dogs 25 hours a week and I shouldn't have to do that to be able to eat and survive. And I, I think probably that was more articulate than the person was. This yeah. caused brigading, people rushing into the subreddit, and then ultimately it shut down. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying they may come back. But what I find fascinating in this whole story, the anti-work movement, the, the rapid explosive spread. Fox mm-hmm. News covered this from, you know, only a year ago to, you know, tens of thousands of followers to 1.7 million. You go to the subreddit and these are people who are outright saying, you know, I shouldn't have to have a job. This is the mentality of the mm-hmm. modern left. So I'll warn, I'll, I will first say a lot of the work reform arguments from many of these people, many of them leftist, I completely agree with. Mm-hmm. Someone takes out 20 grand in school loans. Now they owe a hundred because of interest. And I'm like, okay, that I can understand is a problem. Agreed. We, if, if you take out a loan for 20 grand and there's some interest on it, I, I can recognize, you know, you got to pay it back and you got to pay back the interest. But when it's, when it's massive and that's for a lot of people, then I'm basically like, yo, the system is corrupt. We got to shut that down. I can respect that. But when you come out and say things like, and I shouldn't have to do any work. Mm-hmm. I should just get stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, which slave, mm-hmm. you know, will you be, uh, which person will you be enslaving? Which group mm-hmm. of people in order to have them do the work to make your food? Because food doesn't come from nowhere. I mean, even when it grows on the trees, yeah. someone's still got to go get it for you. Exactly. No such thing as free lunch. And every single thing you have that you didn't work for, somebody worked for without having. And sometimes that's fine because it's voluntary. Somebody gave the charity, they wanted to help you. And then sometimes that's not vi- uh, fine because it was forcibly taken from the person when you yourself could have been earning money. It's interesting how our conception of work has changed over the past 100 years, maybe even just the past 50 years. But people used to see their job as something that gave them meaning, and they no longer do. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And I'm not just blaming workers themselves for having this attitude. I think in many respects, the working class are not treated well. I don't think the left has done a great job representing them historically. And I think that they need people who are willing to fight for them, who actually have some level of of contact with them and don't despise them and their values, which they don't right now. But Ultimately, people used to conceive of their work as that which they contributed and that which they were adding. And now we have this idea that there are certain jobs that are worth doing because what is being done at those jobs is valuable. And then basically every other job is pointless and it's humiliating to have to do it. But the reality is there's dignity in all work. And yes, workers should be treated with more dignity. I agree with that completely. But the idea that, well, there are just certain jobs nobody should have to do is absurd because all of those jobs need doing. So what you should be saying is respect the people doing it. You shouldn't be saying I shouldn't have to work to survive. It's insane. There, there, there's a meme that I saw that I think sums up a lot of the culture war. It was uh, my, my brother posted it. It said people who are unvaccinated and oppose the vaccines don't want you to get it because they're scared you could die. Mm-hmm. And the people who are vaccinated and want you to get it are scared they could die. Mm. And regardless of the vaccine, opinion, I, I'm not asserting anything about vaccines. It's just, a, it's, it's just a meme. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting that there's this perspective of, oh, no, I don't want you to be hurt. And the other perspective is, you better do this so I don't get hurt. Yeah. I bring that up because, and always talk to your doctor about private medical decisions, (laughs) but I bring this up in this context because what I see often from the left and like the anti-work community is, I shouldn't have to work and I should get stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And then my attitude is, let me make as much stuff as possible and then help others with that stuff I exactly. have. Exactly. Well, so it's, it's, it's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. And so I think historically, and again, it, this, like, this is easy for me to say, right? Because I started a small business when I was 18 years old. It turned out to be very successful. I get to do something that's difficult at times, but that I genuinely love doing. And there are a lot of people who have jobs that are very difficult. They're not in the position that I'm in. And so I, I, I totally understand that. But at the same time, I'll hear people say things like, you know, I have to work for 40 hours a week. That's unnatural. In the past, people used to take pride in the fact that they were spending that amount of time contributing. Right. The problem now is in this job economy that we've found ourselves in, where the Federal Reserve loves this. They want two people and they're like, I don't have a job. What do I do? The Federal Reserve will be like, well, we have an idea or whoever is in, in control. You dig a hole. And then you come over and fill that hole back up once right, it's dug. Right, mm-hmm. And we'll print $100,000 and then we'll give you 50000 and you 50000 But you're going to have to start paying us interest back on that hundred grand. Mm-hmm. So they win. They, the more money they can give out, the winner, the more win they get. So people are, are aware. They've awakened to the pointlessness of a lot of these jobs. Now, when you define work, that's a scientific word. That means it's an energy transfer in joules. It can be measured. Work, we're working right now. If you're thinking you're producing mm-hmm. work, what is the work? Is it contributing to society? That's yeah. so important. And th- that's really important because you sort of mentioned these work projects. And I've heard people discuss this idea that, yeah, in times of economic downturn, what we should be doing is creating these jobs that we don't actually need so that we can get people back in the workforce. And what that fails to take into account is that the purpose of a job isn't simply so that somebody can have something to do all day. The purpose of a job is to find a way for a person to be able to contribute to society at large. And it goes back to what we were discussing earlier with these discriminatory practices of only wanting to hire someone on the basis of their sex or skin color, because what you're basically saying at that point is we're not interested in whether you're qualified for the position because the position doesn't exist for the people you're supposed to serve in that role. The position exists for you to feel special because you have that position. That is how we view work nowadays. I'm just going to leapfrog so much of this conversation because I'm in my mind. I'm just like, you know, Hopscotching through all the yeah. points at church. That, that's where it, where it ends up. Church. It's exactly community. Yes, right. People have no purpose. Yeah, they have, they have no purpose. So when they're complaining about work, it's because mm-hmm. these jobs aren't fulfilling to them. Yeah. They feel like they're wasting their times, their lives, and their energy, and they want to do something else. But they don't have anything else either, so they get ideological. Yeah, I'm not well, saying. Uh, so I just want to clarify too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm not an overtly religious person, mm-hmm. but my point is that when there was church, there was community, and there was purpose for people. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are lacking now that now that we're an increasingly secular country. Exactly. And I'll add this and also clarify in case there's any doubt about this here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think the working class does need to be treated better. I think there are so many jobs that we view as indignant or beneath people, and they're not. And part of the way we change that is we really need to admire the people who do those jobs because they're really important. And church is important here because as a, a Roman Catholic, at basically every church – that I've been to in my adult life, and particularly the the Latin Mass that I've attended for the past few years, there is an intersection of so many different people from various economic classes and standings. And I don't think people have that anymore because they don't have religion. When I think about the friends that I've made through, through my church and my primary friend group, basically all from different income brackets, I can't think of any other social organization I'm a part of where that's the case. Public school. And, but I think, but I think, but part of why I think that's really helpful is because it does put you in touch with, like, I'm, I'm not only, if I wasn't going to that church, if that wasn't my faith community there, I might only be in touch with other people working in artistic fields or doing politics on the internet. But instead, I'm in touch with people who uh, are plumbers or, um, 
I, you know, painters, artists of a different variety or, or work for a union. We sh- we should create an award ceremony for trade jobs mm-hmm. so that we can highlight. I'm half kidding, but. You know, we as a society, we, we, uh, sports, uh, athletes, celebrities, they mm-hmm. get all of the attention we have to give. Mm-hmm. And then the people who are actually making this country work don't get any of it. And it's, a, I think there's a spiritual component. You're right to say that. But I also think there's this elitism as well yeah. that work is beneath me. Yes. That I shouldn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the arguments that's always bothered me about immigration and legal immigration is like, they do the jobs that Americans I won't do. I'm like, well, First of all, there's virtually no industry where immigrants are the majority. Mm. And so Americans are doing these jobs, Mm. and they're not beneath anybody to do. In fact, many of our parents and grandparents did jobs like this as well, and it wasn't beneath them. And they they recognized that the work and the money they they earned from that helped help you know help provide for their families which was the most important thing in the world so they're elitists they're torn from the world from the community as you talk about spiritually and there's this leftist contempt generally for the for the concept of work you go to the anti-work subreddit what do you see their related subreddits are socialist communist anarchist leftist anarchist you look at the related subreddits work reform the communist fist is their symbol it's remarkable this this ideology that 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 infects these 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 forums when the issue is more to do with uh, you know what you can contribute the just doing hard work rolling up your sleeves it's not about anybody else it's not about a grand ideology it's not, it's not about someone ripping you off it's about you valuing your valuing your life your time your energy and what you mm-hmm. do but all of them just get infected by leftist ideology. Then in comes the cultural leftist ideology, and then they implode on themselves. Yeah. Well, and, you know, this idea that there are jobs that Americans are unwilling to do. I mean, this is a country where we have you know, abortionists, pornographers, prostitutes. The idea that there are just these jobs that are so far beneath the dignity of Americans and what they're willing to accept is ridiculous. It is the case that there are certain wages an American will not work for, and that is why they want to import people to do Here, those jobs. Here's the big problem with the leftist ideology in these subreddits is that they're doing nothing to stop the mass wave of illegal immigration. That's right. And so they're wondering why it is you, you bring up there's wages they won't work for. Mm-hmm. Well, when you bring in to where we had 2 million people entering this country un, with, without any any uh, sense of where they would go and of how they will survive, all of a sudden now, these college kids who are looking for entry-level positions, they're not, you're not, you're not going to get out of college and go work for a firm. Mm-hmm. You're going to get out of college and go work for a Starbucks or something while you try to figure things out, maybe find an internship. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be able to do that either. Mm-hmm. Because now all of a sudden, you're walking up and you're seeing a huge line of people mm-hmm. who want work. So all of these entry-level positions, they, you know, they say the minimum wage should be $15 an hour. It would be if the supply of low-skill labor was reduced. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the unions used to be opposed to mass immigration. If there were honest, yeah. if there were well-run union, unions who were creative, they'd be saying, okay, well, if we're going to have a government program that depresses wages, meaning mass immigration, well, we have to make up for that with, a, with uh, as you point out, with an increase in the minimum wage. So big corporations, you can get your immigrants, mm-hmm. but we get on our side because we're subsidizing your labor costs with a government program. We get to uh, ensure that our employees and, and, and union members get increased wages. Uh, it, if, it's if, what it's if, a major what issue. What if you raise the, the minimum wage only for large corporations? They don't care. 
that, that they wouldn't care. Rounding error but what them. would happen is they that's, couldn't that's, hire but that's what they as do. many people. But more people would be benefiting from working there, but they would still limit their ability to hire mass. They would just increase the prices, and it would have the same effect on the on the on the local economy. But then people there's, wouldn't buy their stuff because their prices would go up. That's they'd, they'd well, work that's, that's 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 to, not even a, that's that's maybe partially. Or they'd true. hire less people to save the money. But what they would do is and the business couldn't grow. No, 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 Ian, Ian, Ian. Here's what would happen. If you went to Starbucks and said, and, and they, and they do uh, increase minimum wage based on co- company size as well in a lot of places, like if you have 50 or more employees or 150. But here's what happens. Starbucks, uh, uh, well, you know, let's not say Starbucks. Let's say <laughs> S-Bucks. Uh, uh, just a, a, a word Bucks, I made up. Yeah. Seattle Bucks Cafe will find a location <laughs> where there's a mom and pop cafe. They'll open up next door and purposefully lose money with ridiculously low prices. You know why? Because a regular person is going to walk up and they're going to see mom and pop shop five buck frappuccino. And they're going to look over at Starbucks, four buck frappuccino. Starbucks loses a dollar on every sale, but they're strangling yes. the small business who doesn't have the coffers to fight back. So if you came out and said, okay, okay, then we should raise the minimum wage on these big, you know, these bigger companies. Walmart's going to sit back with the cigar in their mouth and be like, Oh, we can sink all of them. We're going to drop our prices because we have billions upon billions in profits. We're going to take a 20% loss on that store mm-hmm. and we'll pay your minimum wage. And then once we eliminate all of the local, all, all the local shops, local bakeries gone, local butcher shop is gone, local clothing store is gone. Then we're going to crank the prices way up to accommodate those so losses. You think and you can't do anything about it. They'll pay There's nowhere to go. inflated wages and reduce the, the cost yes. of their sales. You yep. think that's a big risk for a no, large corporation? That's a big risk. No, it isn't. I think it Bro, is. In, Systemically in San Francisco, for a- Starbucks is across the street from Starbucks. I'm not even kidding. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. There's literally a Starbucks and across the street Starbucks. I think there Starbucks. was a Starbucks inside of a Starbucks. No, that was an Onion article. <laughs> no, that was an Onion article. Yeah. It sounds in, true. In, in, it might, in, might happen. In Chicago, <laughs> there was one intersection where there's on, on the southwest corner of Starbucks and the northeast corner of Starbucks. Mm-hmm. They, they don't make money doing that. They dominate and take over. Bro. These corporations make so much in profits with, with all of these locations that they can sacrifice one location to defeat you, the people, the working class. Oh, so you think yeah. they'll lower the prices at a specific location? That's what they do. So if, you know, a local jurisdiction says we're, you know, this, our city is re- increasing the, the minimum wage, they'll say, okay, we will pay that. And then we're not going to raise co- prices. We're going to make sure our prices are low enough that anyone who could compete with us in an X, you know, X mile radius is, is put out of business. Mm. Then we can charge whatever we want mm-hmm. and they'll get their money back. If, if, yeah, to, a, to an ignorant populace, yeah, that would work. That, it, if it people works know what's going on. all the time. Yeah. They, well, all the time. They do it all the time. To an ignorant pop, an ignorant populace. If people oh. knew what, what they were doing and that they, they were do. trying to put businesses out of business they, and they, they realized it, then they, they, they do. would boycott they don't care. the place. This is why I said yesterday. I do. That you do. But let, let, I said this yesterday. Let me know if you agree, Tom. I said if you went to your average American, I don't care if they're liberal, conservative, or otherwise, and said all of the good in your life, your wages, the cheap gas, everything, we will allow you to keep, but we need you to sign this document to kill a bunch of kids overseas. I, I say they would sign it. I say the average American would be like, don't end on, just don't tell my friends I did. People walk up to, this, to Starbucks knowing exactly you know, who they are and what they do. Right. I mean, we just went and bought a bunch of Starbucks because they got rid of the vaccine mandate. That's a specific Don't roll me in on this one. You did it, Tim. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that I, still, I stand by. I stand by. Yeah. When a company does the right thing, I want them to do more of the right thing. So I'll call them out now. And it's not just about Starbucks because I, you know, look, well, I've only heard the, the ch- anecdotes about Starbucks. The, the so chal- pre- okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, fact check me on that. 
I may be wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know about yeah, you Starbucks know why specifically, that. but it is true that businesses will intentionally take a loss in order to destroy their But can they take the level of loss of having their their wages go up and their costs go their sales depends costs? On That's a, a big depends on change. how much the change is in either direction. The quote Nancy Pelosi when she's defending her individualized stock trades, that's <laughs> capitalism. Nah, yeah. And the yeah. challenge is that you may not like it, it's like how do you fix it? Yo. And the only way to fix it is through a regulatory scheme run by incompetence liars or lying incompetence. <laughs> so there's there's no good answer <laughs> right. to that. If you don't, you know, I, I sometimes shop in places that aren't chain stores because I know I'm getting a little bit more customer service and that's yeah. good. And other times I'll go to Starbucks because I like the coffee there. Hey, I got to be honest, out here, even in West Virginia, the local uh, coffee and bagel shop has a mask mandate by choice and the Starbucks doesn't. Just no, so I go drop that mandate, yep. dog. You heard it here first. Can we uh, talk we, about Nancy Pelosi for a second? Nancy Pelosi. Gonna, so Nancy she's running Pelosi, for re-election. Nancy Pelosi has announced she's running for re-election. Oh, good for her. It, Heaven she, help us. Is she just doing this because it looks like the Demo- the 20, 29 Democrats are resigning? Twenty twenty. You mean you mean the twenty nine Democrats the, are resigning? Yeah, twenty nine Democrats are about to resign. So it, that she's like, well, we're going to lose the entire House to the Republicans, so I need to stay here. Is that you think that's why she's? Yeah, I mean, she can retire at any time or end her campaign at any time. So you know, you know what I think we should do, and uh, uh, and hear me out. Okay, one hundred percent serious. Hearing you, I believe some uh, nice gentleman should bring in a wheelchair to her office, place her in it, put a blanket on her lap, <laughs> and wheel her out, bring her to a home, and make sure she's comfortable, and then we the people will decide what to do next. You're here. Are you suggesting she has a Joe Biden problem? <laughs> Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. I mean, she's she's just old and out of touch and incompetent. And at a certain point, we have we have an age minimum, but perhaps we require an age limit as well. She shakes when she talks. Well, we were talking and about her teeth this, fall out. I mean, we're talking about this uh, before before the show started. You know, compare and contrast the mental acuity of. Dr. Fauci, who's 81, with Joe Biden and or Nancy Pelosi or many others. To be be fair, Fauci has flip-flopped so often, maybe he does have (laughs) some kind of brain thing going on. I mean, it's true. It's so much more about the individual person. It's very You can't really put in a blanket statement and say, at this age, the person has to step down because some people are just sharp at an older age. The nice thing about comparing Biden to Fauci. Then why do we have an age minimum? Minimum. No, I mean, I, well, I think the age minimum is a life experience thing. I think that's a big part of it. I mean, you, do you want like a 21 year old in any of these positions? Yo, if there's somebody who started working in, you know, like a factory with like their family or whatever when they were seven and they've got 15 years of experience mm. in, you know, a, a political and, and industrial environment, it's better than a 25 year old who's graduated from college. What about non Americans? I hear what you're saying. What, what do you mean? They what move here like Elon, uh, a non-American that moves to the United States when they're two, but they can't be president and they have all these restrictions on what they can be in government. Do you think that we should get rid of that stuff? No, I think that's good. You, I think it's fine. Yeah. But age restrictions, you think we should get rid of? Age restrictions? No, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in favor of putting more on. Oh, I thought you said a young genius should have I said to... we should have an age limit well, for old people. And he said, but no, you but can't I... determine the life experience, you know, yeah. blah, 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 some people. And then I said, well, for, we do it for young people. My but point I is think... we have a, we have a minimum. We should have a maximum. I'm not saying definitively, mm-hmm. I completely 100% believe we should have a maximum. I'm saying let's entertain the possibility that someone who's 80 should probably retire. You could do yeah. cognitive tests. But this, so so the laws they are passing, passing they will not live underneath. Nah, they don't do tests. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you know, if a society grows great when, yeah. when people plant trees whose shade they know they'll never sit beneath, 80-year-olds like Pelosi and old people like Biden are not planting trees for anyone. 
Yeah, they're, they're, th- they're, they're not going to see whatever happens. They don't care. It's well, a complicated... Uh, go ahead. Sorry, go well, ahead, it's just... It's a complicated thing because I do think that it's it's an age floor is a, a bit different from an age ceiling here. But ultimately, we have a system that's structured so that... like be, because you leave office eventually, everyone's sort of incentivized to just pull what they can out of the system for as long as they can until they leave without really thinking about the long-term consequences. Because let's say you have a young politician and sure, it's like they're not going to have to live under the policies anyway because there are different laws for them. They're above it. Well, so my proposal was the island. The island. The, the island. Mm-hmm. Which is? As soon as you leave office, you get sent to an island where you will live with other people who have left office. You will you will well, own not, you will own nothing, and you'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I have an island where there I put people, but uh, the different categories. <laughs> A flying island. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they can go along with them. Uh, I don't seriously think you know that idea uh, uh, is the right idea, but I, I, I'm just trying to think like, how do you stop someone? From saying, I'm going to run for office, I'm going to get in, I'm going to extract as much as I can, and then I'm going to run away. You don't. Right. That's all any of them do. Well, right. Right. I mean, that's I all how do you stop it? To me, I don't know. If, it might be built were, into democracy, if, a representative democracy. I, 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 this is advice as head of Judicial Watch. We're nonpartisan. I give to all politicians. To me, running on a reform agenda would be a solution there. And that agenda would include term limits balanced budget amendments, significant cuts to the federal government. Because what happens is it's not someone who's 80. It's someone who's 80 who got there when they were 40. Mm. You know, I prefer having someone there 75 to 85 there for 10 years. You know, that experience is of great value to society. So that's not the issue. The issue is the term of office that politicians are in and to me, uh, you know, I know there are a lot of conservatives who don't like the idea of term limits. I don't think it's a silver bullet. But what happens is it breeds the worst aspects of being a politician. You're right. Citizens, cynicism, institutionalism, contempt for other people's views who aren't in Congress because you've known it all since you've been there forever. No, no, no. We need new blood every every few years. You're right. And I think I, I will revise my The Island statement and yes. just say perhaps the solution is Logan's Run. Great movie. <laughs> yeah. Seamus, are you familiar? I have I have not seen Logan's Run. So when you turn it's thirty worth watching. when you turn thirty, you uh you know, you get you shuffle off the mortal coil. Are you so um, people have are you lights spoiling it? People have lights. Yeah, it's I mean, we laugh. We laugh, but that's been the approach with Briar. Briar could die in office. <laughs> you know, that's why they were ma- angry at at uh, What's Ruth Bader Ginsburg? That's because great, she died during the Trump administration. She should have gotten out. That's a great uh, 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 satirical article. Mm-hmm. Red light on Breyer's hand begins blinking <laughs> yeah, red. Yeah, that's forced the way, to retire. That's the way the left looks at Supreme Court justices. In Logan's Run, they had lights on their hands, mm-hmm. and it was like when they were young, it was green. When they're getting old, it turns yellow. When they tur- when they're about to turn thirty, it starts blinking red. And then Logan's run is, you know, he runs. Yeah, he runs. He's like, I don't want to die. I'm only he just runs. He's like, all right, bye. We got, we got a runner. We got a runner. Dude escapes this dystopia just by running. That's they so could chat. remake yeah. that movie and they could do it really, really well. They kind of did. So did there they? was a film I saw a few years ago. It was, it was like, I saw it recently, but it came out about 10 years ago. It's with Justin Timberlake. It's not exactly the same, but you have like, you have a barcode on your arm that says the amount of time that you're oh, alive yeah. for. When yeah, it counts down to zero, you And you die. can buy time. But you can buy time. Yeah. So wealth is the amount of time you have. So like not exactly the same, but. Kind of a different twist on a similar Yeah, that concept. one. That, that, I think I saw that. I think that's, that's a cool concept. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, uh, we, 
I don't it's, know. It's weird. These, these sci-fi dystopian movies aren't really the if solution If we were going to remake it, it would have to be in a dream. Like, they trap you in your metaverse, and then you have to run in the dream. Because in the real life, if you try and run, there's drone bombs Dude, and, like, lasers. It. But in the dream, you can run away. No, no, Ian. You run for office, and you and get— you run to get away you from get, office. You get, like— so a term is four years. You run for Congress. Boom, you're in for four years. As soon as that four years is up, there's no re-election. You get locked in the matrix. Wow. That's it. You're just out. <laughs> but we don't have the technology, so it's just going to be Mark Zuckerberg, like, duct taping Oculus to your forehead and putting you in the metaverse. <laughs> like, you can't get out. You're covered in bed sores. Head. Yeah. <laughs> the theory is there was an old, the old play, Dr. Marlowe. By, uh, well, no, no, Faustus by Christopher Marlowe. Uh, he's Dr. Deal- Faustus. Yeah, I've Faustus is dealing with the devil, Mephistopheles. And he said, how did you get out of hell, Mephistopheles? He said, this is hell, nor am I out of it. So <laughs> we're still in the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, maybe, maybe. I think the metaverse is coming. I think we're all going to get locked inside of it. We're in a so. Matrix. You can measure the Matrix we're in if you know how much of something, what it is, and where it is. And you can measure that in the XYZ axis, this cube that we're within. Okay, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, but my, my, my proposal. Spot check? Define the Matrix. Yeah, spot check. Define the Matrix. And recreate it. Everyone, my proposal is uh, is this. When we elect Joe Rogan as president in 2028, <laughs> he should issue an executive order mandating DMT passport requirements for access to bars, restaurants, and universities. Uh, Ideally. Did you smoke your DMT? Have you smoked your DMT? Have you had your DMT booster? It wears off. I think to Joe Rogan's credit, I don't think Joe Rogan would vote for Joe Rogan. No, I agree. Good point. Love the humility. That's true. But the great thing about Joe is it's his guests. They talk a lot about Joe Rogan. And he is a genius. Like He'll talk himself down, but the way he can sit there and listen to Jordan Peterson, you need a genius to do that. He's the Larry King of the internet age. Yeah. And shout out to his guests. I mean, there, really... there is there is something to be said about a passport for some kind of deeper understanding of reality. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, DMT. That's the joke. But perhaps if we as a society were like, you know, a service guarantee citizenship or something to that effect, you know, mm. like you need to understand something. You need to do work and contribute for something in order to get, to, to get something in return. Right now, it's it's you know, we had that famous quote. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. It's completely inverted these days. Yeah, yeah. These well, days there's, there's a war in citizenship. I mean, the whole yes. the whole zeitgeist now is to eliminate the distinctions between citizens and non citizens. Oh, New York's you yeah. Can, you can so, vote. so I mean, they want you to be. It's offensive to the transnational progressives. They don't believe in nation states and sovereignty because it gets in the way. Of the communist utopia they're pushing. Yeah, And, you know, and I wouldn't have said this six years. I mean, you know, you knew this this was out there among the Marxists for a long time. Mm -hmm. But now there's kind of a rising communism in a major party here in the country that this is this is this is their go to strategy. It's not coincidence. I mean, when CRT is the guiding movement and narrative for a presidential administration. You know, those those pushing it must be very proud. Dude, Build Back Better is a Klaus Schwab. Thing. Now, and to yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but this is part of the World Economic Forum's Great Reset is Build Back Better. This is where I first heard of it. And then yeah. all of a sudden, a year later, Joe Biden is saying those words as if we're going to do it without referencing Klaus Schwab. And please correct me if I'm wrong. If Klaus Schwab didn't say it, then I'm totally off base. But I remember talking about It was about all this. over Europe. Mm-hmm. I think Boris Johnson claimed uh, Biden stole it from him hmm. because Build Back Better was all over Europe. Okay. Well, Nancy Pelosi uh, used drain the swamp when she ran for off ran for the republic ran to take control of Congress in 2010. Wow, really? there's nothing new under the sun. Yep. 
and Make America Great Again was uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, Morning in America yeah. again. Uh, morning yeah, this, in America. This yeah. is exactly right. Klaus Schwab is first started circulating the idea of the Great Reset, which uses Build Back Better integral parts. So, so we are we're co-opted. Not, are we allowed yeah. to say the Great Reset? Yeah, oh, the Great yeah. Reset is yeah. very, very plain. Yeah. I know all, all these algorithms get triggered by certain it's, words. Oh, yeah. It's either uh, directly influenced and has co-opted our president or indirectly. But this methodology of building back better with a socialized corporate political government state is in Joe Biden's head, whether he realizes it or not. Well, certainly with COVID, you know, initially there was this panicked, crazed decision making on the shutdowns. Now it's vindictive and vicious and they see it as an opportunity for dramatic political and social change. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think it's any mistake you had this Reddit thing pop up with I don't want to work Yeah, no, after nope. two years of people not having to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, everybody, let's go to Super Chats. If you have not already, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. It really does help. And uh, go to TimCast.com, subscribe. We're going to have a members-only segment talking about election stuff. That'll be up around 11 or so p.m., but let's read what we got here. We got Dylan Hernandez says, I subscribe to your TimCast monthly plan. I used PayPal to leave it as my auto pay. Have not used PayPal in months. Just let the payments go through, but days ago, PayPal banned my account, didn't do anything but give you money. Oh. Yep. I can't say I'm surprised. Um, I don't know if anything, if it has anything to do with us, but, um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was because you didn't use the account, to be completely honest. If, uh, you set up an account with PayPal and then you set, turn on auto pay and then don't do anything with it, they might send you an email and be like, hey, is this account still active? And if you're not really paying attention, they might just say, okay, shut it down. It could be one reason. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's see. Blue C says, check my ads posted. You are next. Yeah, that's they're just you know trying really really hard to get attention. So congratulations, the super chat works in their favor. But um, I gotta be honest, we we are principally not funded by ads. You know, we uh, it's this weirdest thing where the left is going after like Dan Bongino and uh, I think Ben Shapiro maybe I don't know, but it has something to do with January six, and they're like we're gonna get all their advertisers removed from their show. And I'm just like, we do direct ad reads. Like I read the ads mm-hmm. in the show, and we only do six per month. So like, so you do advertising like t- traditional radio advertising like, yeah. where the host is reading an ad, you know? Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. It's go, all get, it's get all like cleaned. like directly with us from people who know us and ask us. Like, the companies come to us and they're like, "Hey, we want to be on your show." So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get. <laughs> You're it's, not begging it's, them. Look, it's yeah. just grifting. It's just people so who are. So we lying. have to pay you to encourage people to donate to Judicial Watch. You have to pay me to do it? Would we have to? Oh, I mean, or you can just I'm come just on the show kidding. and <laughs> shout out Judicial Watch. But uh, uh, for the most part, my But that's friends, the way you would do it. You'd know, you'd, you know someone and they know you and you'd... You know, for like, for Judicial Watch stuff... So Sleeping Giants isn't going to be able to stop anyone from advertising. Well, that's, that's basically what work. it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a lady who got really mad because she tried claiming she started it when she didn't. And then so, like, so she's trying to be like, it was me, but it wasn't. It was some other guy or something like that. So now she's trying to get attention. By you know posting overtly fake garbage, uh, as everybody who watches the show, show knows, she's made the claim that I've pushed the big lie that Donald Trump won the election, which I've never once stated, not one not one time. And for this, the Trump supporters are very mad at me; they don't like me for it. Hmm. But uh, uh, we're we're funded by members at TimCast.com. So what makes this show work? TimCast.com memberships. What makes our journalists able to do their jobs? Your membership at TimCast.com. So when these people just make up these lies, like we're going to go after their advertisers and our advertisements are like 0.1, I think it's like 0.01% of right. the revenue. It's so ridiculously small. It's completely negligible. And I'm just like, 
I actually was talking to the company and I was like, do we even need this? Like, do we, do we need to do this? It's like, well, is it worth it? You should because the idea is that, you know, once the website gets bigger and has much more traffic, it could become substantial. So, you know, for the most part, they're just grifters who are trying to use the fact that our show is growing to, and, and, and hatred from trolls or whatever to make money. And they've made tens of thousands of dollars off lying. They overtly lie. They make things up. They completely fabricate things. And I will state for the record right now as a statement of fact that these individuals fabricate information to, to trick people into giving them money. And I believe it is an act of fraud. Hmm. Yeah. I can, I can, I can, I can assert that with, uh, uh it, it, I mean, look, I'll be honest. The lies are so obvious that like, it's it's not even a question for me to say. That's my view generally about big tech. It's all fraud. The censorship yeah. is evidence of fraud. Oh, wow. Well. And should well, be prosecuted. But why why do you say fraud? Because they're saying they're censoring you for reason A when in fact it's reason B. So they're lying to users, shareholders, regulators, and Congress. Oh, interesting. As, yeah. as Securities Exchange Commission, Federal Trade Commission, Congress, DOJ, and I trust whatever should be investigating the fraud. Yeah. All right. Michael Holder says regarding the race swapping characters thing, it's not actually about the race swapping. It's that everyone in Hollywood has become race obsessed ideologues and turn everything they write into woke veggie tales. Ask Eric July about it next time he's on. He'll talk your ears off about it. Oh, no, no. I, 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 I get it for sure. You know, we were talking last night about uh, Titans. It's the DC show. Yeah. One of the characters, Starfire, is in the comics. She's like an orange alien. And they cast a black woman to play Starfire. There was like this big uproar, I guess. A lot of people were angry. Like, why are they, you know, Starfire is not black or whatever. And my attitude was like, it's an alien. <laughs> anyone could play this character. I don't understand why anyone would be mad about that. But their, their response is it's not really about that. It's about the race obsession and the, and the wokeness and the CRT and stuff and like that I get. Yeah. yeah. Wait, it's hear about like, the M&Ms. I call it racialism. It's yeah. this obsession and, uh, it's disturbing. It's really disturbing. I agree, man. I agree. All right. Joker says, Shimcast forever. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And honestly, it has been forever since I've been on. It's so great to yeah, be back. Yeah. We got to get, we have this Timcast thing that's that's uh, um, behind our guests all the time. Uh, you can see it. Uh, someone made it for us. We oh, need to get one nice. that says Shimcast. We yeah. Got anyone, right you guys, me. someone wants to send us a someone Shimcast sign. It <laughs> looks like that Timcast sign. Dude, we're putting it behind Seamus. They were looking for something to put up behind me. So Tim just pins a lint roller to the wall. It's, like, it's, <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. This is I what I'm working it, with. It, he was actually rolling the lint off him before it, he did it, it, it too. It, it like, indicates that Seamus is dirty. I am dirty. Well, I don't think there needs to be an indicator. Is that the anti-Irish subtext too? Exactly. Oh, it's nothing to do with him being Irish. Clean yourself YouTube will ban you. I don't like this racialism. <laughs> Netflix is going to reboot me. <laughs> All right, RVDL says Neil hoped to burn out, but he chose to fade away. Oh. What a sad old man! Ooh. I just listened sad. to uh, Sweet sad. Judy Blue Eyes sad. before I came up. Neil Young, sad Neil Young. What is this? Uh, Saluk Erotic says, "I hope Neil Young will remember a Southern man don't need him around anyhow." Sweet home Alabama. Mm. Yeah, they don't need him around. Neither do we. You could be an internet person. You could be a freedom-loving person. You could be a music or podcast listener. None of us need you, Neil Young. Sorry. Spotify don't need him around. That's it. Yeah, they don't. DJ Buddy's Rock Garden says, dude, I'm 61 and a loyal listener. F. Neil Young, disaffected liberal. Mm. Isn't it sad? You know, you know, he's an okay boomer. He's an okay boomer. Love him. It it was, uh, uh, (laughs) the thing about, the the thing about Neil Young is that he's this guy who's supposed to be protesting you know, rocking in the free world. 
and he's just an establishment shill. The problem he is when you, the whole time. when you so get boring, famous you know? for something, there's a tendency to think that you're supposed to keep doing that thing you got famous for to continue to be famous. So he got really well known for being, you know, for, for protesting. And it's like, at some point, you, you, you can change course. You don't need to keep being the guy that poured ketchup on your head every video to try and one-up what made you get there. You know, now you're there. You can... I, I had a, I was in the shower, man. I almost came out hot on Neil Young, just ripping him to shreds personally. But I don't really know exactly what his his thought process is here, so I'm not going to go too hard on him. Let me uh, earmuffs for your kids. Lee says I'm one of the few CNN viewers. I was channel surfing, and my BF came over. We started participating in adult activities, and he threw the remote, stopping it on CNN. I'm sorry, my worst mistake and biggest regret. Could you imagine with like Don Lemon in the background? Oh, no. oh gosh, How no. would that even work for any any human that would being? Work. <laughs> Mind over matter. Right Mind over matter. <laughs> yeah. Desperately trying to focus on something else. Oof. Jim Acosta comes on. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Nope. <laughs> All right, Waffle Sensei says, Seamus, would you consider filling in for Luke till he gets back? You're hilarious, and we love you, dude. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much for saying that. So, yeah, Tim and I have definitely been talking about it. I might be hanging out for a little while and just... Uh, yeah, well, Seamus came to me and asked. I was begging. I, just, I said, we, Tim, please. I started Tim, laughing. you begged me. You said, Seamus, we need you. We need you over here. Shimcast is going to fall apart without the original Shim Sham himself. And I said, I'll get here. I'll come there as fast as I can because I'm a good friend. And I got Seamus in my car to me. and I and drove hours like, and hours and hours. He was like, I couldn't help but notice Luke is gone. And I was like, and? And he was like, you think there's any chance? I don't know. Like, maybe <laughs> I could. And I was like, Seamus, you think I would put you in Luke's chair? I called Luke. Luke immediately started screaming with laughter. The- that is not even remotely what happened. Is that is not even what chair? happened. Well, anyone Luke, who watches the yeah. vlogs, Luke was anyone, here for a few months. He left, so now that's that's where he would sit. Anyone who watches the vlog will know the following is true. All right, Luke was on his way out. Old model <laughs> past his expiration date. <laughs> got to bring in. Got to bring in the, the new Nancy model. Pelosi of Tim exactly. <laughs> we'll be back. We're putting age limits. I think Luke We're might be listening, and he's he's going to take offense to that. Oh, one. And Luke comes to me, despite the fact that I've been nothing but respectful and admiring towards the Polish people, and he starts trashing my ethnic background. And I said, look, Tim, I'm going to be honest. I think this guy's a PR disaster. I think he's going to get you in trouble. <laughs> Tim said, you're right, Seamus. I've been thinking about it. I want to ask you on. He kicked Luke out that day. Pack your bags. That's funny. In all yeah. seriousness, if well, you want to just expose our whole PR campaign. You want to support Luke Rutkowski? Go to uh, <laughs> thebestpoliticalshirts.com. <laughs> and then and Tim get your favorite made, shirt. changed his mascot to like non-binary so that we wouldn't uh, have any controversy. What actually happened yeah. is that uh, Luke left, and I said, you know, we can we can see if we can have some people come in and out. We have different cast, you know, pe- people who work work at the castle or work for timcast.com. And then Seamus was like, I'm going to be heading back, and I said. Uh, when are you coming back? And he said, I think I might back, be back in a day or so. And I was like, can you try and get back before the show? Because we could really use you on the show. And Seamus was like, yeah, for sure. And then that's what, re- that's what really happened. Were you that told, is what re- were you told <laughs> First of all, that is not what happened. I did not say I was going to be back in a day or so. It's him said, if you're not back in a day or so, this is going to fall apart. But I actually said it like, if you're not back in a day or so. <laughs> and my arms are going like this. If you're not back by the end of the day. <laughs> Speaking of which, check out the newest Freedom Tunes, everybody. It's pretty good. <laughs> Tucker Carlson and, and Bernie Sanders. But yeah, All that's right. what happened. But yes, so I will be filling in for a little while. 
Yes, uh, uh, Seamus will be, will be filling in. I mean, uh, you know, before Luke showed up, we didn't actually have a fourth person. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when we built this new studio, studio, we had a fourth person in mind. Cause that's, it used to just be three. That's Tim putting me on notice. Well, He's like, I'm chance. just letting you know we didn't always There's have four people. Now, yeah, now, now you can have a fifth. Yeah, we do. You, yeah, sometimes it, but, yeah. but uh, too many people, it becomes a cacophony of, right, you know, right. like, mm-hmm. you know what happens. Yeah. All right. We got one, we got this one from Wonder Without the Fear says, Trucker's Convoy 2022. This needs to be addressed. This, this peaceful and truckers helps everyone. Many USA truckers are coming up to CA. So much love. Keep it peaceful. Yeah. Did you guys hear uh, uh, this massive trucker convoy, man? Yeah. yeah and the I, GoFundMe. Something about this GoFundMe. They had a they five million it. and they froze this five million bucks going to the truckers. Of course. What's up with that? Yeah. Well, GoFundMe is like until you can give us a plan as, as to what you're going to do with the money frozen. Right. You know, I I, uh, I had Judicial Watch do a petition to uh, get a special counsel for uh, Joe Biden. And I was a little nervous about using change.org, but I did it, and 350,000 people have signed up. And the people are saying, well, that's a leftist organization. It's like, well, good. Yeah. What better place than to advocate uh, holding Joe Biden accountable than on change.org? So what are these these truckers doing exactly? They're protesting the vax mandates. And what are they doing? Are they they're like on they're, the road just they're halted? driving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just, just a big convoy. Good. Imagine, imagine the supply chain. Imagine yeah. screwing with truckers right now. <laughs> How stupid! <laughs> How st- unbelievably well, stupid you have to be. It's because everyone has to obey. Doesn't matter if it's going to make life way more difficult for everybody. They're out of line and they have to be punished. To be fair, though, imagine screwing with truckers at any point. No, that's also true. But especially now, you're absolutely right. We really depend on them. But now, of all times, like when there's already supply chain issues, when we're already having food shortages, I know who we're going to screw with. The people who bring us our food. Brilliant. (laughs) Great job. Thank you, Brandon. All right. We got... Rakusa says, Tim, waiting for you to pull your Brett Mason signature telly off the wall and break out and we're not going to take it. I can dream, can't I? Well, we were, uh, we were planning on doing a show when we were going to have, um, uh, we were going to have Michael, Michael Graves, Graves, but he, he couldn't, he, he didn't, he, uh, he couldn't make it. We used to do Friday night jam sessions, but we were set up for it for the most part. So maybe, you know, maybe, especially when we have guests on that are musicians, which probably oh, will be, be great. Soon. That'd be great. Yeah. We used to do Friday night. We would just jam out for like a half an hour after the show play songs, play music. People clipped a whole bunch of my songs and put them up, which they were like, after talking for like seven hours in one day, then trying to sing was just brutal. Oh, no, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, eh, not God, <laughs> They're good though. Those video clips are great. A lot yeah. of those songs. That's how I learned a lot of your music is through those clips. Oh, there you go. I'm surprised. They got a lot of views on some of them. All right. Nick Rose says, Seamus is boondock saints minus the guns. We love him. This is really Tim, we love your work in the crew. Tom, thank God for Judicial Watch. IRL kicks ass. P.S. Democracy in peril equals de- Democrat mandates. Who thank says you. I don't own firearms? But thank you very much. I'm <laughs> glad that you love me. All right. Let's grab some. <laughs> Brown Bear says, who the hell is Neil Young? <laughs> <laughs> All of the young people who watch the show just went, who? More like Neil Old, bro. Yeah. Yeah, no one I mean, knows who you are. That's a thing to consider, too. When we're like, yo, Neil Young is, is issuing an ultimatum. Anyone under like 30 went, who? Yeah, I'm under, I'm under 30. Yeah. I know who he was. You've never heard Neil Young before. That's true. I've never. I don't even <laughs> know who he is. Not once. I've heard Neil Young. Old man. Is I like such a good classics. song. I yeah, like he's it. rock. He's got the rockin'. He's got Ohio. He's got rockin'. But, rockin' in the free world. I think too. Yeah, right? Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I mean, but when Neil left the band, it was just Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and they were never even held a candle to what the four of those guys oh, did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Neil Young. I see this move, and I'm just like, it makes me feel that everything he's ever said has been a lie, mm-hmm. just to pander to people to sell albums. Mm-hmm. 
one. I big don't. Fat I still think no. he's legit, but I think he's just gone. He, he's just in. He's like in a, a computer program on repeat. <laughs> Luke still believes in Neil, and Young. he's afraid of COVID. You heard it here. Yeah. All right. I believe PTSD. It for sure. Prepped yeah. Net says, "Hey Tim, did you hear about Tiffany Cross on MSNBC? She actually told people to get weapons and fight in a war. She's trying to get people to physically harm people for their opinions and choices. I think she was being metaphorical." You know, she was like, we are in a war and people need to, you know, she said, she made that statement. I'm going to be very careful here, but I'll tell you this. It doesn't matter if it was metaphorical or not. Mm -hmm. She actually said on MSNBC that people should take up weapons. Joe, uh, I'm sorry. Alex Jones got banned for that. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons he got banned because he had made metaphorical statements about, you know, fighting back and defending yourself and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a, it's, it's a, it's a two, it's a, it's, there's two rules here. So Jen Saki was like, go, go to the weekend, drink a margarita, come back on Monday and let's fight. Kick, and I know it's a metaphor. Class, she said, she said, take a kickboxing class. Then she said, have a margarita. Then she said, come back on Monday and fight. Like you're going to tell people to come fight. Is that not inciting? Yes, that wasn't, that caused the president of the United States to say, be impeached. It's this yeah, metaphor, fight, fight, fight. You hear yeah. Elizabeth Warren, we're going to fight for rights and fight and fight, fight, fight. And you're like, dude, this is annoying metaphor. It's, it's bland. You obviously don't mean to take up physical arms or why are you saying fight? Well, it's a it's a, it's a, it's but it's a metaphor that can get you banned on YouTube if you say it. Depending yeah. on your political views. If That's Tim right. said we're not going to take it anymore, they'd probably construe that as a threat. Yeah, if I if I got up and went, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, they'd be like, whoa, whoa, shut it down. What are like, you implying? Yeah. yeah, what are you implying? <laughs> I don't like the fight metaphor, I, I, especially these politicians using it to rile people up. I don't like it. If I came out and said, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day, they'd just be like, oh, shut it down. <laughs> like he When he had a blade behind him and a firearm <laughs> on the wall, Someone we know what a threat. Means. Someone suggested you get a cutlass, party. so it's yeah. true form. Yeah, that's a mall cool. sword. Yeah. It means I went to the mall yeah, and like, I went to some like the cheap guy who was like, you want to buy an Asian sword? And I was like, yeah. They said that the sword cheapens <laughs> the, the gun that, or that replica so that you could get a cutlass and make the full pirate theme. I thought that's kind of neat. Yeah. I literally was looking on the room like, what can I put behind me? And I'm like, I have a mall sword and I have this, <laughs> this, this flint lock, you know? And that's all that happened. It's beautiful. And then we actually had guy a different decor. Yeah, we had a different guitar behind me, but it was too bright. So we we put up the Brett mm. the Brett Mason. That dude is legit an incredible guitarist. Wow, this this guitar is rad too. That dude's this was awesome. All right, let's see. What we got here. We got the world says, why don't we adjust? Why don't we just allow debtors to file for bankruptcy? Student loans are the only loans where you cannot file for bankruptcy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Well, also you can't repossess a degree, which is part of right. it. I'm not saying that there isn't a massive issue with student loans and the interest payments right now, but. It's you a very to. different, differently structured. You, you used to be able to default to George Bush Jr. Yeah. He passed some legislation yeah. that you couldn't default on those. There anymore. is a massive issue. We have adults making poor financial decisions and expecting taxpayers to come in and bail them out. And, and they're, the, the, they're seeking a massive transfer of wealth from people who don't go to college to people who do. It's elitism in the worst way. It is, and they're the highest income earners in the country. Yeah, yeah I think there's truth in that because but it, I do it think the system is corrupt. Exactly, it needs to be stopped. We stop these loans. It's a fe- it's a federal government program. And well, it's it's, it's generate it's 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 supported by the government. Exactly, it wouldn't right. happen without government support. Yep. Exactly. Well, no, I mean, according to the National Bureau for Economic Research, the entire reason you have this student loan crisis and the entire reason college is so expensive is because of the wide availability of easy money. So I agree with you there, and it would be an incredibly regressive tax to, you know, quote unquote, forgive student loans. But at the same time, the idea of somebody paying off significantly more than they ever took out, having paid off their debt and still having thousands and thousands of 
thousands of dollars left. I think it's, it's insane. Standard interest. Mm. Could You could do away with that standard interest. All right. Nick Zilla says, I don't see how this is a backfire for Neil Young. Read his actual statement. He got what he asked for. He's crazy about audio quality and has hated Spotify since forever. Being off Spotify is probably worth it to him, regardless of any Rogan feelings. That's what I'm talking about. No, he he wanted to take his music off because of quality, but then later, I guess he said something like, "This is the this is the place where people are getting their music, and he wants people to hear his music, so he's going to stay on the platform." I genuinely believe, in my opinion, I I think it's a fair point, absolutely, because Neil said, "Take me off of, unless you take off Rogan," so they did. So he got what he asked for. But I genuinely believe he thought it was going to be this moment where these other artists would be like, "We're with Neil Young, yeah. yay!" And then Spotify would be like. I guess we got to get rid of Joe Rogan. And then Joe would be like, oh, and then they would all high five each other. Instead, Spotify was like, uh, uh, bye, Neil. Have a nice day. Joe increased the value of their company by like 10 times by joining that platform. The stock skyrocketed. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know exactly. The day the number, after they announced it was like, man. boom. So yeah, they're not. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says Crenshaw said he couldn't live off of $175,000 a year. Wow. Really? I mean, you just context say that? on that. What was yeah. it? Man, I, it feels like Dan Crenshaw has been like just getting a lot of heat as of late. Kind of just not that's doing insane. well. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, we are we are going to have Dan Crenshaw yeah. on the show at some point. We are. And I think that'll be uh, it'll be fascinating. You I know, think I, I've I, done a good job. Survivor Luke will be back for that. I, I would be in favor for, of kicking up the salaries for members of Congress as part of my reform agenda. You know, you get people in here for 10 years. And what happens is you have... Uh, government is designed to let people who work in government prosper. But normal people, they're not welcome in government. And the salaries reflect that. So someone who wants, who's a businessman or or just starting out, you know, a young person in their career, the idea they come to Congress, they couldn't afford to do it. Why don't we make it? Why don't we make it affordable to someone to come here for a few years and leave? Ben Franklin suggested that we pay them nothing. And that everyone has to do it. Like they, I think only rich said, people would do it then. Well, you don't really now in the modern age, you don't have to move to DC to be serving in Congress necessarily. You could read the bills and vote online. Yeah. I think that's unfortunately a negative. Yeah. I think people need to be there to vote. Look at what Marjorie Taylor Greene said. They don't even show up. So now nah, you got, you, you should have to show up. Uh, I don't know. We got, we got a very important they one. They don't want oh. people coming into the Capitol anymore. They don't. Right. Pelosi basically said, don't come. This is a, a horrible gamer says, Tim, you lie. What? The trespassing, the swatting was all an elaborate plan to scare Luke to GTFO <laughs> to Florida so you can bring in shame, muss. <gasps> Luke's seat is still warm, Tim. <laughs> this is, this is, I, I'm not even going to Do you know that, that person? It sounds trail. uniquely personal. It's was just, that you? There are a lot <laughs> of super chat. There are many people who are obsessed with me on the internet who create rumors and lies to make me look bad. None of that is true. Seamus, I got to. I'm not on trial. I got to be honest. I'm not on trial. Seamus, I got to tell him the truth. I'm not on trial. Just plead the fifth. It's time. It's time we told him the truth. Tim, Tim, Seamus and I colluded this whole thing. Stop it, Tim. <laughs> what are you doing? It's to not scare Luke away. Don't listen to him. He's crazy. Seamus offered insane. me money. Tim's crazy. What money can I offer you? What are you talking about, Tim? Seamus is the one who actually got me the Anthony Fauci bobblehead. <laughs> We laundered it through Ian so that Luke wouldn't know. Seamus actually asked me to come out here in the first place yeah. after years ago. What? How did this you. turn into so many things I never did? Cut your hair? 
What am I, Delilah? You have a nice haircut, by the way. I don't Thank know if we you. I appreciate that. Out. that. We should have led with that. We're turning it back around. It started with accusations. Sorry, <laughs> now got a I am getting compliments for my haircut. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, you know, I, when I was waiting for someone to notice, shame on the super chats. You're, oh. yeah. I thought I looked very yeah. nice. I was excited for compliments for my yeah. my my adoring fans, oh, and you guys didn't scale on one to ten. How beautiful is Seamus's hair? Just let me know. They're saying they're all putting a one. Oh. I'm just kidding. They didn't have time to respond, Tim. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, Joel Seberg says, I'm a CDL driver and have many skills. Let me know if you need help, please. I'm also adept in construction and farming. I see a 10. Well, actually, um, with the new trailer that we're, we're, we're building for the mobile shows, we're planning on going down to Florida to meet back up with Luke for one of our mobile shows. We did this in Austin. It was amazing. And it was one of the... St- the funniest shows we've ever done is like Alex Jones, Joe Rogan, Blair White, Drew Hernandez, Ian, me, Luke, and uh, who, who am I forgetting? Is that Michael Malice? Michael Malice? You did forget me. I forgot me. the guy sitting next to me. Yeah. No, we, we were like, Seamus, don't tell don't, no one tell him. And then we all had a party. I know. Like, yeah. People like, hey, he look at Timcast tonight. He shows up at the place. Where is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> but Joe, Joe. Place. I was here alone. <laughs> people are saying negative one. No, Joe, Joe uh, uh, I didn't think he was going to be able to come on the show because he had his own show. But he was like, I can stop by. And then it was just funny when he was like, I, I show up to a trailer on the side of the road. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yep. Exit two. From Literally, his, exit two. Yeah. From, yeah, exactly. <laughs> from Joe's nice podcast studio. There's like stars on the ceiling and like shooting stars. Oh, it's nice. crazy. It's amazing. To a trailer on the side of the road where it's like everyone's yelling at each other. And he's like, great. what the? <laughs> we're thinking it. We're hoping we can do that with the Daily Wire crew. For sure. Oh, are you going to not invite me to that either, Tim? Definitely. Huh? Oh, definitely. Go hang out with the Daily Wire crew. We're gonna we're gonna tell Seamus. Where are Where is it? Tell me it's somewhere else. We're gonna we're gonna get there, and Seamus is gonna wake up. It's gonna be like he's gonna walk around like rubbing his eyes, and he's gonna be like, "No one's home." Is this home alone, bro? <laughs> yes. Is this every single time? Because that's what happened last time. <laughs> Except I was at my apartment. I wasn't even. I was nowhere. Near Tim. We're in Nashville. I was nowhere near Tim, but I was still offended. I wasn't. Invited. I think it's only like nine hours from here or something. But um, we drive. we talked to them about it, and we might be able to set up our studio in one of their lots because we have the big mobile fifth wheel. We have a new one where redesigning is going to be amazing, and then it would actually be really cool to do. We wanted to do like one of each of their hosts, you know, every night, right. and maybe do one big night with a bunch of the Daily Wire people all at once. It would be really fun. Love it. I wouldn't invite Knowles to something like that. No, you n- not, not him. Fire, no, he's geez. a mess. He's a mess. <laughs> yeah, I want to do a theology debate Everybody at some point else. with Seamus and Michael Knowles, and we've had some other brilliant. Catholics and Christians and other you know, just the well, I, I don't know about Knowles, but I appreciate the compliment. No, I mean honestly, Knowles is Knowles is. Uh, I I hate to compliment him; he's a smart guy. I like that guy. I would, I'd, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, hey, I'd shout out to, to Matt Walsh on Doctor Phil too. Mm-hmm. That was great, dude. Yeah. Shout out to the Daily Wire for it's standing these, up to the these, mandates. These Catholic man. political yeah. commentators—they're yes, crushing it. Oh yeah, yeah. Ben. Shapiro, you took a mega risk. And Jeremy, boring balls yeah. to and, the yeah, Jeremy. and Jeremy. Yeah, nice job, guys. They won. They did. They won. They won. All right, well, we got one more right here. It's an important one. Uh, Mike says, Convoy to Ottawa is going to be a huge story. Need to get on that story. Store shelves are beginning to empty. Convoy is 3,000 plus trucks over 50 miles long. Absolutely, man. So we'll be digging mm-hmm. in, in, into that stuff. But don't forget to smash the like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show wherever you can. Share it with all your friends. That's our marketing budget. We don't got billboards. We're not in airports. None of that YouTube propping us up. Nope. We're actually swimming against the current. And if you like what we do, please share. And go to TimCast.com. Become a member. We are going to have a members-only segment. We're going to talk about elections and stuff. So you're not going to want to miss this one over at TimCast.com. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL basically everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever at TimCast. Tom, you want to shout anything out? 
judicialwatch.org, judicialwatch.org, we're everywhere else. But, I mean, you can actually look at the documents we're talking about. So, And they can help. They so, you, you guys are a nonprofit? We are. They can. You can support by getting the word out and obviously directly donating to us. Are you guys a 501c3? Or? Yes, we are a charity. 501c3? Yes. So tax deductible. Tax deductible. There you go. To the full extent of the law. There it is. Right on. Absolutely. You got any social media you want to mention? Yeah. We're, I'm at, at Tom Fitton. Judicial Watch is all over. And, you know, I'm on all the places now. Right. Uh, Seamus, do you sell T-shirts? No. I actually, um, yeah, freedomtunesmerch.com. I guess I do sell T-shirts. Oh, you sell do t-shirts. sell T-shirts? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I do. Uh, I Tim, thank you. Uh, and oh, yeah. If I you do. guys want to check those out. I, so, and also... I um I have a YouTube channel. Oh. It's called Freedom Tunes. If you guys want to check that out, uh, T-O-O-N-S. And we uploaded a video yesterday poking some fun at Tucker Carlson and the whole Eminem debacle. And tomorrow we're going to be doing a cartoon. Uh, we're going to be releasing one parodying the idea of forcing children to wear masks in schools. I think you guys are going to love it. Go over there. Subscribe. The, the line from Bernie in your latest video. <laughs> This is bold. This <laughs> is one of the best. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much. It. You guys can also follow me, iancrossland.net. Uh, check my socials out there. I also have a YouTube channel. Subscribe to me on YouTube. I made a video yesterday for the first time in a while talking about the scientific modeling uh, methods and some flaws I think there are in it. So if you want to see that, check it out on YouTube, and I will see you soon. Thank you guys for tuning in this evening. Please do share the video and tell all your friends about us and get everybody involved in this and we try to change the culture and make a difference in the world. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patchlitz. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work and you will see these special uncensored segments. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all there. Bye, guys. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.